Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 20th of June, 2017. What? Yes. What? Yes. What? Yes. (laughs) If you can believe it. I can believe it. I I don't. I don't. You don't? I'm a podcast skeptic. Podcast. I'm a podcast skeptic. (laughs) Let me tell you about the government. They're everywhere. They're running everything. I don't get it. I mean, I I hope they're running everything. That's kind of the job, isn't it? (laughs) I love you guys. Uh, Jeff's wondering what the hell he got himself into, and I don't blame him in the slightest. That's what TB is wearing. Is your pop? Is your pod cap? Yes, in the pod cap. Yes, it yeah. covers up the blinding sheen that comes from my forehead every time it comes off. Oh dear, it's for the best. Trust me. There's, there you have is... Star Trek ships. I've literally only just noticed you have a crap ton of Star Trek ships. I've got 107 of them, I think, in total. They're all over the room. I've run out of shelf space. Well, then you can always send the new ones to me. Nope, is you it... ain't having them. There's Is a, that because a... you were you, you were mistaken? You thought you were buying Star Wars ships, and you oh, mistakenly got that too. they're over there. Oh, okay, oh as well. right, I good. have le- less Star Wars ships than Star Trek. I say. There isn't a night that goes by where TV doesn't battle Star Wars and Star Trek ships to see who truly would win <laughs> in oh, a contest. There's never any contest. Of course, Star Trek would win that fight. <laughs> He's doing a he's doing a best of three thousand. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, it's neck and neck right now. It's that, amazing. It absolutely is. <laughs> I, I watch more of those videos than I would like to admit of who would win in these two fictional universes. There's a channel called Space Doc that does the best job of that without sounding like a dork. He has a Space Doc versus like uh, he has a uh, I think he did a was it a Colonial Viper versus a I think it was uh, the, uh, what was it, the Stargate Atlantis fighter or something like that. that was oh, cool. Atlantis Wh- fighter. Why? Easy. Those goddamn homing drones, they'd wipe them out. What is his methodology? Uh, mostly <laughs> bullshit in the British accent. It just looks cooler. Accent, it does. has like three lasers. <laughs> so Basically, it's like this one. It's green. It's like he has a British accent, so he's immediately more credible. Yeah, this wow. one's green. That's green. Yeah, sure. How very authoritative. Yeah. How do I put a British accent on? Yeah, never mind. It helps. I added a bit too much there. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, you, you laid it on a little bit hard there. Uh, but Dan, thank you very much for stepping in for Dodger, who has some nonsense called a wedding happening very soon. Never heard of it. That, that's no excuse whatsoever for not showing up for the show. But thanks, Dan, for filling in on such short notice and for guesting on very much lengthy notice, Mr. Jeff Canada of the Totally Rad Show and a million and one other podcasts. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It was it was awesome having you on my video game show DLC. And, it was a lot of fun. So, so happy to hang out with you guys. Absolutely enjoyed that an awful lot. It gave me the experience, which I never get on a weekly basis, of doing a professional show that actually felt like it, as opposed to this dumpster <laughs> fire of a podcast. I, that I think he's insulting you guys. That's exactly what I'm doing. It's okay. It's why I drink anyway. Oh, he started, he started already. All right. Yeah, he's starting early. I'm trying to figure out which of you is the bigger egotist. We have a guy that very clearly has a figurine modeled entirely after himself, and another one who has a self-portrait in the background. I just got it. I love it. <laughs> is it painted? Yeah, it's like a straight-up actual real painting. 
that uh, incredible. Here's the thing: he made one of UTB. It exists, I believe. Except I said, "Can I have the real thing?" <laughs> There's a difference between fan art and a man who's like, "I want that in my house." <laughs> so that's me. He, I'm that guy. He really should have given you guys each other's paintings rather than your own. Oh my god! Right? Here's the thing. A man once gave me a katana for TB, and I've never given it to him. It sits right over there, and I will never. <laughs> I still have it. It's the one weapon I'll use in the apocalypse. And I don't want to be katana anymore. <laughs> not, for, not for it's been around you. It'll smell. I have failure. used it to like cut papers and stuff. It's pretty cool. Cutting <laughs> all the papers you need cutting. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Highly impractical. It's it's the worst when you buy a paper that's too big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I buy I buy my papers in bulk and uh, about three or four inches too big for the printer. You never know when you need those scraps. You That's never right. know. Get so, ton of that shit right up, man. Yeah, yeah, print yeah. off another fifty-page contract. Better get slicing. <laughs> oh no! It's there is something fundamentally disturbing about a fan sending you a sword. I have to say it. No, he worked for the company. He uh, I whatever company the they sword had. Sword company. Swords no, are like, last. Right. Like the, the company. I don't want to say memorabilia, I, whatever it would be called, like where they create things like that and then like wholesale it. So over the years, that one dude has sent me like, I have a battle hammer somewhere. Awesome. <laughs> I have weapons. Wow. I have weapons, yo, and I will use them with poor proficiency <laughs> one day. But in no, that, in the somebody meantime, is arming you for a reason. You need to work out the reason. <laughs> You're gonna get a text one day. It's on. You're like, oh no. <laughs> Well, are you saying someone's giving me these weapons for a fair fight? Yeah. When I come for you, you will be prepared. Like, you have a code word activation. You don't know what it is, but you're going to get that code no. word one day and you're going to activate and then you go to town. Suddenly you realize you knew how to use these weapons proficiently all along. The training reactivates in your mind. He's just going to, next he's just going to send you a bag and he's going to say, now you need to deliver this to an undisclosed location. <laughs> Here's the thing, I'd do Use it. the oh weapons. I'm Use not gonna weapon. lie, I'd do it. I'd be like, you sent me some pretty cool shit. This can't be any worse. I'm in. <laughs> it's like I don't look in the bag. Whatever you do, do not look in the bag. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll look. It's tough shit. I'm looking. Get over with a katana. Ooh, smooth. Ooh. It's seven heads. Other it's, katanas. It's, yeah. Just more weapons. <laughs> just more katanas. I think it's seven heads in the duffel bag. I think that's what it is. Oh, dear. It's in the box. I mean, I'd still deliver it. Yeah. Well, to Crossfield Podcast, we do occasionally talk about video games. Coming in the show, we'll be talking about the games that we've been playing this week. And, of course, we'll wrap it up with some news. I, it's less of a news and more of a hatchet job, I think, we're going to be pulling off on take two. And they thoroughly deserve it after their actions over the last week with their lovely cease and desist, which basically killed the morning scene for their game. So I'm sure Dan will have nothing but kind words to say on yeah, that subject. He's a nice guy. I've invented new words. They're gonna be oh. new words described. Take two. Yeah, I didn't have strong enough words. I needed to invent new ones. <laughs> I don't blame you in the slightest. And the the dregs of E3, you know, the the hangover of E3, I suppose. The stuff that we didn't get around to covering that may have slipped under the radar that uh, Jesse and Jeff, in particular, may have had a chance to play around with since they were actually there at the event, rather than snarking on it at home like us miserable bastards. Yes, I'm just now recovering, uh, getting some sleep finally, thank God. Indeed, it's an event. Did you say you've been for 15 years? Something like that, yeah. It's been, I, I, who's counting, you know? But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been, uh, 
a lot of them, probably fewer than that, but at least a dozen, um, probably more. But yeah, it's been, I think 2001 or 2002 was my first one. So yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. I am very curious what a 2002 E3 was actually like. It was very different. Um, fewer people. Um, but I remember uh, walking around and um, following Adam Sessler through the hall. Uh because I was a fan of his at that time. And now I'm a friend of his, which is very odd. But um, I stalked him yeah. at PAX once. What's that? I stalked him at a PAX once. He yeah, was on his way he's to a great guy. Whole, like, I, I love it's, Adam. It's him. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was very different back then. It, there was there was this thing called uh, Kentia Hall. Kentia Hall, I don't really use anymore. But back then, you know, E3 started as this like, this offshoot of ces where you know ces was like we don't want video games no one likes video games video games are for children <laughs> and uh and so uh, e3 went okay well we'll throw our own event we won't be part of ces we'll just do a video game event it's called e3 and here it is well there was still a lot of like weird ces style hardware stuff that was lopped mm. into the gaming world and they had this entire hall called kentia hall that was just where that was. It was like the ghetto of E3. <laughs> and it was where all the weird shit was. And uh, it was so fun to like walk through there and be, a, there's a guy who's like, I'm selling an orb and it's a controller for a video game. You just squeeze the orb. It's like, <laughs> why do I need that? It's, I invented it in my garage and now I'm selling them. It's like 15 oh. years later, Donald Trump and several Saudi Arabian princes grabbed it, if I recall correctly. <laughs> that man's making millions now. It took a while, <laughs> but it eventually got there. I really should have touched that orb, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. It, oh, yeah, it's, it's different. It has, it has got a little bit different over the years. And of course, this was the first year that they officially let the public in. Of course, you know, people have been getting in all, all the time. But, man, did that affect your experience at all? Because the things that I've read about it have not been positive up to this point. Uh, the idea that they didn't really think it all through. They didn't create the event around that idea, so it didn't work particularly well. Yeah, it was a little nuts, especially that first day. Tuesday, usually Tuesday isn't uh, isn't the craziest day, but it certainly was the craziest day this year. And to, the, to a lot of people's credit, including Nintendo, Nintendo's booth was a madhouse on Tuesday. It was a sea. Like you could, you could I'm not exaggerating, you could crowd surf at, at that Nintendo. That never stopped. That was the entire time. It was crazy. Like, yeah, that. no, you're right. But at least Nintendo like wised up and organized a line for Wednesday and Thursday. And like, really, I mean, some people stayed up late on Tuesday night and like refigured out how to move people through there, which I, I you know, kudos to them. But E3 as an organization should have really done all that. Yes. And it, it, I mean, I was, I'm fortunate because I sort of have access and I had a, you know, a exhibitor badge and I yeah. had meetings. And so I, I didn't have badge to... is the way to go at any event, yeah. honestly. Uh, right. Security does not like any other kind of badge. So it's like, well, I've got an appointment at 9.30. It's like, yeah, but we don't open the hall until 10. It's like, no, but here's, here's the thing. Like, no, we're not letting you in. Have an exhibit a badge, not issue. Straight through, no problem. Right. That's any convention. So, and, and I had lots of meetings and I was, you know, doing behind closed doors a lot. So, I, you know, I'm fortunate in that I was not having to deal with that. But I, I've heard that a lot of the people that bought access which is not cheap it's like 200 it's bucks not, yeah and you stand in line for six hours to play 10 minutes of mario odyssey but i've heard those people had a great time and loved it but i would be very angry yes if it was me yeah yeah i mean the, the lines at packs are bad enough and that's designed as a consumer show e3 is not and that sounded like a misery fest for people honestly yeah yeah i i 
I'm, I couldn't believe it. It was nuts. And it's always crowded, but this was like a new level. It really does feel like Comic-Con now. Mm -hmm. That's, there that's was, not a comparison you want, really. Yeah. There, there was distinctly two different types of people there. Uh, and and it was it was a more drastic version of that like new person at a con feel. So so I, you know I too didn't have any issue. I was in meetings and stuff. But everyone that I talked to, and every time I had to go places, I started to feel I guess kind of what they were feeling. There's a lot. There were a lot of people this year who clearly, since it was their first year, were like not only overwhelmed but taking it all in and really appreciating it. Which really means they're stopping, taking a photo, uh, looking around, uh, yeah. and they're just there's crowds of people not moving and you're just like i just want to get to the other side of the con i just come on let's go yeah. and that was it i think that was my only issue it was just like and i can't hate people for wanting to have a good time and being like oh, look at that statue and oh, look at that thing like i can't hate them for that but it was one of those things was like oh boy there's way too yeah. many people this year I, I totally recognize that it's unseemly for somebody like me to, to complain about it where I didn't have to pay. I had all this access, you know, I've been doing it for years. People are like, I, all I want to do is go to E3. Why do you complain about it? Well, it's not so much complaining, but I'm at work when I'm there, right? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I have a, a thing job. to do. I have a meeting at this time. I need to be all the way across the convention in another hall. It's a little stressful. I need to make my meeting. I have a very tight window. I haven't had lunch because I scheduled meetings all the way through. You know, it's, it's a work situation, right? Yes. And, and, I understand you're there having a, having a fun time and it's your vacation that you paid a lot of money for and you're having a great time. And I, that's awesome. I just wish that E3 would have done, and hopefully next year they will, what Gamescom does, which is a couple of days for people who are working Absolutely. and a couple of days for people who are there, you know, yes. having fun. Yeah. So. Good way to do it. The Gamescom is a great event. It's overwhelming. The size of that beggar's belief if you've never been to it it's insane the colin messer is quite literally about a kilometer long it's one of the biggest buildings you've ever been in the amount of people i mean i went years and years ago and it's got even bigger since then i can't even imagine um, it is <laughs> it is too much yeah it's zombie like hordes it, really like, is, it is yes. people just walk like this because you can't move and wow. you just that is the only wave way. back it's insane it's an insane thing to experience i've been there once i'll never go back <laughs> <laughs> Once was I probably enough. won't. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, even Pax is getting a bit too much. Honestly, yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm liking the smaller events at this point. I'm thinking maybe you know I'll try Pax South this year. Shout out to Pax South. That's my favorite one. That I love like Pax South. Yeah. The perfect con. There's just not a lot of like, not too many people, but enough stuff to do, and the city's pretty nice. It's on point. Yeah, it's cool right there on the Riverwalk. It's so beautiful. I had no idea San Antonio was such a pretty city until I right, went for Pax. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I also had a great time at PAX Australia. I went to the first uh, first year of PAX Australia, and that was that was just like a bunch of people who were like, "Thank you for coming, thank you for Absolutely. having an event yeah. here." We just were yeah. no one thinks about us, and it's just like, oh, that's it. Just felt awesome, you know. I ain't going twenty three hour flight for that. <laughs> I <laughs> am. <laughs> uh, I'm going. I'm totally You're going insane. this year. You're bonkers. It's so great. I mean, I want to go, awesome. man. I'm gonna spend. A, I'm. I'm go. F it. I'm going. I'm going. I went and uh, I also got engaged while I was there, so that was that was fun. Oh, I mean, not at plus. the not at the convention, but in Australia. <laughs> was, that was that Was that just one of the things you just like? Oh, I just no, I just, I just saw met some, a girl there. Yeah, yeah. I saw some cosplay, and I just had to ask. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Will you marry me?" And it was a joke at first, but then she said yes. So <laughs> there you go. Now we're hitched. How disappointed <laughs> were you when you found out it wasn't the real Lara Croft? No, I have allowed, not allowed her to take <laughs> off her. I have not allowed her to take off her Chun-Li outfit since. 
Oh, Lord. Uh, what did you get to play at E3 that was uh, a highlight for you? Oh, man, so many things. Uh, I think this year was really, really good. I think just the sort of base quality level of games right now is so high. Yeah. You know, it used to be where you would go to E3 and there'd be like five awesome things and a bunch of shit. And now there's like a bunch of awesome things and five shit. You know, it's like, it's crazy. Um, so lots of things that were great. I had a really good time playing uh, Wolfenstein 2. The level yeah. that they showed was just bonkers mm-hmm. and so fun. Uh, like you're in a wheelchair, you know, <laughs> like, the, you know, taking down Nazis rolling in a wheelchair is just wild. Um, I really dug uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. I thought that game was a complete surprise. It's XCOM, but with Mario, dude, it's amazing. Yeah, we were really into that when we watched the Ubisoft conference. We thought, this is the dumbest thing ever. I'm like, this is the best dumbest thing ever. This yeah. is awesome. I, I can't wait. Bit cheeky, they're bringing it out on exactly the same day as the XCOM 2 expansion. I'll give them that. That's <laughs> yeah, no kidding, Somewhat right? audacious, but all right. It's like, okay, we'll just buy both then, I suppose. It, the more <laughs> XCOM-y goodness. Uh, I got to play uh, the single player for Star Wars Battlefront 2, which oh, you gotta uh, play the I'm single just, like, player. Drew. Yeah, behind closed doors, they had like a bit of the single player mission. You start in a TIE fighter and you're fighting. It felt a little weird, to be quite honest with you, like shooting down X-Wings and, and killing rebels. You know, it's like, it's I, natural. That's natural. You're, you're an evil man, Jesse. You're nothing I, wrong I, with I, that. Lots of stuff the, in the game. Yeah. Was it I have the light Dark side forces? in my heart. I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Jedi at heart. Um, the Inquisitors will deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's going to be great. Feeling like yeah. it's well fleshed out, that it's not just a sequence of things that you could do in the multiplayer, that it's, it's an actual real campaign. Yeah. I mean, the, the cutscenes, it feels like a Star Wars movie. I mean, they cast them with actors and the actors are, I mean, it feels like something they would do at a Naughty Dog. You know, it's like the, you see the actors there and it's, it's gorgeous. And it feels like they took the care to actually make this a really robust Star Wars story. It's awesome. That's it's been written by the Spec Ops The Line guy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the only reason I'm interested in it. Mm. That's that's gonna be something special. Spec Ops Online was a very good story game. It was, yeah. The game Ambitious. itself, not so yeah. much. But there's always a weird argument with Spec Ops. Like, well, we deliberately made the gameplay mediocre. <laughs> Come on, really? Yeah. Just accept that it's a mediocre gameplay, but like a pretty awesome story. So yeah. that's why you should play that game. That's literally it. Yeah, true, true enough. I... Never the multiplayer. Never play the multiplayer. <laughs> Oh, that was that was terrible. They, they shoehorned that into the point where the devs actively said they didn't want it, but they were yep. forced to by the publisher. So, because it flies in the face of the message they were trying to get across. It's like, yeah, war's terrible. Also, the way that games portray war is uh, dodgy in some ways. Uh, here's a multiplayer that completely throws all <laughs> that Portrays war's fun! Yeah, it's like, oh no! It's deliberately designed not to be as fun, and then you have that. It's like, oh dear, that was... <laughs> I'm glad to hear that the campaign sounds like it's more than a throwaway, though. I, the fact they didn't show that publicly at all. There was no sign of that whatsoever. Right. Yeah. No, it was only for um, behind closed doors, which which I don't know why that I think people would that have gone no nuts for it. It was yeah. really cool. Like the you, you know, you play that that female uh, officer and An she's Inferno got this squadron. droid. Yeah. Yeah. She's got this droid on her back and you can deploy the droid at any time. And it like goes out and stuns people. Um, I mean, it, it just, it's, it looks amazing. I mean, it's basically a skin for Battlefield, right? But uh, that's great. I want a Star Wars skin for a great first person shooter. It's awesome. 
Yeah, hopefully the campaign is better than Battlefield 1's War Stories, which I did not I thought they were great. I really thought they were cool. The issue I had with it was just they, they varied so much in quality, uh, and the full authenticity threw right out the window when you became a powered-armored space marine running up a mountain with a bloody machine gun. Like, yeah, well, I liked, I liked my Iron Man armor, uh, but, <laughs> but the cool thing was, like, you could just hop to another... If you thought that one was lame, you could just hop to another one. Yeah, and I did, and I thought the other one was lame as well. That's the problem. I just, I was like, oh, this is not. It, this did, it didn't work for me. I know a lot of people appreciate the way that they did it. I was like, well, it's better than the other Battlefield campaigns. Like, well, one, you ain't played Bad Company. Bad Company. Oh, I love Bad Company. That's a yeah. hell of a campaign. Even Bad Company yeah. 2s, which wasn't quite as good, was still a hell of a lot better than that, in my opinion. And certainly, you know, that's not very high watermark. You know? no. I don't buy dice games for their campaigns, and I don't think they do good campaigns. I don't think Battlefield 1 was an exception to that. Uh, we'll. But Battlefront 2 is sounding good. I'm, I hope it's good. Uh, no, nobody wants yeah. a bad Star Wars single-player experience. Correct, yeah. And and uh, it, it sounds like it's... I mean, they say it's going to take up 30 years of, of lore time, like between hmm. uh, Jedi and uh, Force Awakens. So um, it's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to, like, be in canon and tell the story of that. It totally gap. is. Uh, look, this is my wheelhouse. It totally <laughs> reads I have investigated tremendously and bugged the EA guys about it. And the fact that they have things from, like, even the comics in there. I'm so mm. excited. Well, that's uh, official yeah. canon now. It's all tying together quite nicely. Yeah. How are you guys? Oh, I don't know your positions uh, on VR because I'm a big VR advocate. I played a lot Yo. of VR. Uh, did you play uh, Moss? At I E3? did. I have the I, I have the little dude. Game. I have the little dude to prove it. My little you mean little quill. This little yeah, quill? she's adorable. She's wonderful. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna shut this out. It it might be the first real reason in my life to have like like actually play a VR game besides like just for friends. Like, hey, we're gonna be on a bridge crew together. Like it. I was mesmerized the entire time. Like, I had a smile on my face. I was just, like, in it. Yeah. I was so excited to play that game. It was great. Get... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go for it. Um, I lo- the, the really cool thing about that game is that it does this, this kind of rad thing, kind of like what um, Brothers uh, Tale of Two Sons did, where you control two things at once. You're, like, splitting your brain and doing two yeah. things at the same time. You control a little quill. And you also are controlling yourself. And yourself. Like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty rad. It's clever, I think. Yeah, and that's and I, I liked the fact that because each level was technically a page in the book, uh, you didn't have to overthink more than just what was in front of you at the moment. So it wasn't like, okay, now I got to think about that other puzzle over there. It was like, here's the one puzzle. Here's the enemies that might show up. Or you can even use the enemies to help you solve the puzzle, which I was like, all yeah. right, I'm in. That was really cool. That was... Uh, I can't wait for that game to come out. I have a feeling it's going to be only like three or four hours long, but I don't care. I want to play as a little mouse lady that murders people. Do you feel like it's needed VR? Does VR add a appreciable quality to the game? I definitely think so. Yeah, you're like in this little diorama world, and it's it's beautiful, and you you know everything is in 3D. And a character like that, the cute little quill. It, it feels like a claymation or a little action figure come to life or something. And, and I love that little diorama feeling where every, you're inside it. And there's this really neat thing that happens at the beginning of the demo because you control Quill quite directly with the controller, but you also are present as you in that world. And there's a moment at the beginning where Quill like walks up to a little pond and you can lean forward and look down in the pond and you see your reflection back yeah. at you. And it's like, oh, it's so cool. This, the presence of you as this giant 
what character, you know, dealing with this small little guy, I think it really makes a difference personally. And, cool. and the thing that, that I, that I loved about that is uh, then the interaction between the two of you, Quill, if you can't figure out a puzzle, we'll like direct you and yeah. point how to solve the puzzle, which is really kind of fun. And uh, for those who are curious, literally the game is like, you're playing normally, and this is how you move Quill and then triggers and actually physically moving the controller is how you move the world okay. and yeah. play as the ghost. And so you're doing two things at once. It's still really cool. Everything about that thing. Yeah. I, a lot of people were like, well, couldn't you just do this without VR? And I, I assume you could, I don't think it would be nearly as fun and charming as being immersed in the world. I think the way they set it up is really, really good. And I was like, I, I want to play more of this. And, yeah. and, and Jesse, did you like reach down and, and touch Quill and feel her little heartbeat? Yes. You can feel uh, her heartbeat. The ba the backpack also, uh, as she regains life, like it, it goes like into your uh, controller. Oh, the little tiny things yeah. sell me on this. I loved it. It might have been one of my favorite games there. I was, was magic. blown away. Yeah. Dan, Agreed. you play quite a lot of VR, if I recall correctly. Yes. You yes. do a little bit with a Vive. Have you played anything as of late that has really caught your eye? I don't think there's anyone in here that dislikes VR. Uh, I think it's more to the point of like, is there enough on the system to justify it at the moment? Uh, yeah, for me, definitely. Because Star Trek VR is just everything I've ever wanted ever. I still haven't got a yes. bloody playing it. After that first day of us trying to get we in the same so lobby hard. and couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I I've gave got, up. I just played by myself with it. randos. It's fun. It's fun even with people you don't know. It, it yeah. really is. Like yeah. Everybody who's I've been playing it with have all been like, totally in i've not played with anyone who's been like I don't, I don't know well they do a very smart thing right you really can't accomplish anything on your own you need cooperation and so it's not fun to be a dick like you you yeah. like there's no there's no being a lone wolf and being awesome and saying fuck you to the rest of the team you have you i like i need you to give me power in order to do the thing that's cool for me to do so that's a brilliant way of forcing people to be awesome to each other yeah just never ever play as the distributor of power because you will be fighting everyone <laughs> all the time. It's the worst job. It's the that's worst the, job. On that's the, the fun part of it, though. You know, that's a, that element oh, of stress. Everyone needs power, and they're all starting to swear at me. Well, no one's <laughs> getting any power then. Let's see how you like. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You don't know anything's going wrong because I've not put any power in the red alert bulb. <laughs> no power. Switch to red alert. Are you sure, sir? It does involve changing the bulb. <laughs> it It's interesting that you've had a very positive experience with it, but I guess it makes sense when you think about it. If you're willing to invest in an expensive piece of kit mm -hmm. for VR and that game at full price, you're probably quite committed to having a good time with it mm -hmm. rather than just dicking around casually. So yeah. maybe it's something of a gatekeeping mechanism in the sense Good. that you don't get quite as many idiots. It makes it, it much more fun. It makes me really, really want them to put Sea of Thieves in VR. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the same kind of thing. And I think it would be so much better if I was like, felt like I was on the ship with the other idiots. It'd be so mm -hmm. fun. <laughs> it, speaking of Sea of Thieves, that is a game that having now played it multiple times, I'm convinced it's successfully based off of the buy-in of the people playing, right? Like the yeah, people okay. who play that game, like at its core, I still can't figure out like what's going to keep me coming back over and over and over again. And all I can think of, it's my friends, like my friends making a crew and us just being silly and going around doing silly shit together. 
And and the last when I played at E3, the most fun part was when uh Aurelian fell off our damn boat. She got drunk on Grog, fell off the boat. We had to like go back and save her as sharks are coming to eat her. It was great. It was like such a weird, fun moment. One of our guys was like, F and I'm jumping off, going on this island. He gets to the island, gets murdered by skeletons. He's on a pirate, like ghost ship. It was the silly shit we did was way more fun than like, let's go hunt for treasure. Uh so yeah. I, so I'm it's curious more about how that's the emergent but... aspects of it that, and the interaction with the players than it is about the core gameplay loop. Definitely. I think so. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a new new trend in games now, especially with the streaming community being yes. more like publishers taking advantage of that. I think games now are more like something you would buy to bring to a party in real, you know, like a board game or something you would bring to a party, a party game, you know, that like uh, it's more like... Um, um, Cards Against Humanity, right? Cards Against Humanity isn't fun in and of itself. Yes. It's it's a social lubricant, right? It's it's in order to create funny interactions between your friends. And I think video games are kind of doing that now too. And it's even better because I can be sitting in my house and you can be sitting in your house, you know, 3,000 miles away and we can still be doing that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, as someone that is very much into board gaming and has seen the evolution of social deduction and the more casual party games as well as the heavier stuff over the last five years you know board gaming is in a golden age at the moment i do right. think that video games are taking cues from that to the point where they're quite literally translating concepts like werewolf and mafia into uh things like what was it like werewolf within or whatever they've got coming on yeah. the vr platform yeah. um so, hidden agenda i heard about uh at e3 which apparently was like a game of the show quality game that they just put on the sony pre-show rather than showing it on the main stage because i guess if it's not a third person stealth action naughty dog style shooter you're not allowed to be on the sony stage anymore but i heard this hidden agenda game has uh, aspects of that in it which made it hugely interesting to me it's like whoa this sounds great this sounds incredible yeah i didn't get a chance to see that myself but i'm very excited about that hearing about it yeah for sure yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely want to know. So it is, weirdly enough, it is actually a third-person view action-adventure game, but the way that it works is, I'm um, just sort of ripping off here, it's by Supermassive, so it's guys brought you Until Dawn, one of the three games that they're making. It looks like the most interesting of the three they're making, honestly. The other one was kind of a generic VR shooter, but then there's that uh, kind of prequel to Until Dawn they're doing where you're in a psych hospital or something. So the player controls a homicide detective and a dis the district attorney and both of them are involved in a case of a serial killer known as the Trapper. It's got uh, quick time events and stuff like that in it, but others can join the game to vote for specific decisions to be made using smart devices. Mm. And one player will at some point receive a secret objective or hidden agenda, which is intended to create conflict between the players as they attempt to prevent it from happening, which oh, that's cool. sounds awesome. That yeah, yeah. That's in you know, social deduction has exploded in popularity in board games over the last five years. Uh, Secret Hitler came out quite recently, it was a huge success. Uh, Resistance is a great example of that. It goes all the way back to stuff like Werewolf and Mafia. Um, One Night Ultimate Werewolf is very popular, One Night Ultimate Alien. There's a upcoming mobile game called Triple Agent, I believe, that uses you take one phone and you can play up to nine players and you pass it around and everybody gets secret information. And there's a big Ooh. aspect of that. That sounds a lot of fun as well. Love and it. they are throwing those little elements into games. And we've played this stuff live, and it's extremely entertaining, not only for us, but also for the audience. Right. If that time you were asylum TV, 
I've never been angry at another human being in my entire goddamn life. <laughs> no one uh, listens to me. No one, every time, no, no one listens to me. No, they don't. Uh, the time yeah. when I was literally Hitler on stage at CoxCon and completely fooled all of you. It <laughs> I was, was wonderful. I was totally aware. It was mind-blowing that everyone else bought in so easily. I was <laughs> like, it. what? What? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I, so I'm, I'm I'm quite quite excited about this this hidden agenda thing. But the point that you bring up, Jeff, is very valid. It's exciting to me. I think that you're right on the money when you say that a lot of this has got to do with the advent of streaming. Uh, they, yeah. There was a there was a direct call out to streamers during the Microsoft Sea of Thieves trailer. Absolutely, yeah. direct yeah. call out. Uh, and I and, think that and to the chat, and they made a chat joke too. Yeah, yeah, I think that game is going to have huge legs on uh, on streaming because it's it's just going to be ridiculous, and watching people be ridiculous is going to be so much fun. Yeah, I mean, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is basically just sort of an excuse for that. Also, you know, there's a lot of games now that I think understand that just creating a playground to to motivate those fun interactions is is fun in and of itself. Yes, uh, yeah, I I think you're right. The question is, I wonder, you know, how far do you go in that direction? Because while you can get these great, cool interactions between streamers, especially you know, if you look at a game like say Friday the Thirteenth, which is a flaming tip of terrible but has been highly entertaining to watch even though the game's awful and right. why is it entertaining yeah, to that's, watch that's because, a problem yeah. right is that even it's uh even it's even it's weird glitches and flaws can be fun to watch yes but it doesn't make a, it does not a good ma game make <laughs> yes yeah. I, I played it on cry stream uh last friday or the friday before i have never been more pissed off at a video game i <laughs> I despise that's it. saying something. To the point where it is the only game on my Steam curator that is marked as not recommended. Just mm. out of principle. I just like, this is so broken, there is no way this should have been released at $40. And the entertainment value is highly dependent on the group of people you have. So while it uh, looks hilarious while you're watching people like Lyric and a group of people that you know who are already entertaining in and of themselves playing it, play it with a bunch of puppies... It is the opposite experience. It's miserable. Well, didn't I see you play a, a fucking horse racing game? Was horse that, wasn't racing? that you? It might not Am have I been confusing me. with somebody else? Possibly somebody yeah. else. I, it was that I'm other... Sorry. Some cookie his name was. <laughs> I, did, I, mean, I might have been very, very drunk that day, but not that I know of. I, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm conflating somebody else. I apologize. Possibly. But a lot of that stuff, yeah, it is very entertaining to watch and... They're relying on it as a marketing tool to sell copies of the game. And then people are probably going to realize when they buy it, this is nowhere near as entertaining if I don't have eight streamers with me in a regular group, if I have to play with random people that are yeah. not either not willing to get in on the, the role play aspect of it, who aren't funny or generally just there to screw around. It is not as good at all. Yeah, and you, know, you see something like uh, the Darwin Project, right? They showed the Darwin Project, and they had that like obnoxious uh, the caster voice. Yeah, as an and actual what do you mean? What do you mean? That, <laughs> that was the worst part of that worse, convention. Oh, right. There's nothing worse than them like forcing it on on a game. You know, yeah, they really shoved it sort in of that. Organically become streaming phenomenon. Yeah, get behind it, but. But when they're like, we designed the game with this crazy wacky shit in, in, in mind, and here we go. It's like, oh, okay, and that's gonna suck. Like, stop mm -hmm. that. Stop, stop. Yeah. Don't 
artificially push that right out of the gate. The games that but, yeah. become successful in that regard never do that. They're successful on the basis of how the game is built from the ground up, not because you just slapped on some esports or streaming features. Right. Sigh. Yeah, just yeah, that's a fallacy. about that. It is. Yeah. That's a fallacy with the like games designed for <laughs> streamers is that they're only popular because people are watching the streamers play them, but when they get them themselves, like this isn't the same experience. Well, it's because it's not you know, four or five professional entertainers playing it. It's you and your friends and you're just having to, you know. And it yeah, can maybe you to... should try, maybe you should become a professional entertainer, kid. <laughs> I'm just saying. Come on. I mean, I don't know that to most people, but... Yeah. Go to, go to clown school. Get, get an education and make believe. I can make a school, a Twitch, oh my God. Can Twitch, I make a yes. Twitch school? Twitch yes. like, oh Again. my. Rem- All right, time out. Remember when there was right. a thing that was a YouTube school? Do you remember this? Like two or three years ago, they created a school on how to become a YouTuber. If idiots paid for that shit, I got a Twitch school for you. Jesse, Jesse, what we do right now is we come up with the curriculum. What are are our classes for uh, Twitch streamer school? You got to have like uh, sarcastic witticisms 101. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, TB TB can be our... uh, Professor of the Dark Snark and uh, <laughs> the Snark Arts. Indeed. Professor of the Snark Arts. Nice. <laughs> I'm stealing go. that. Yeah. That's going on a t-shirt. That's <laughs> yeah. The Professor of the Snark Arts. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, Dan, you can be our um, Dan Bulldore and you can, you yes! can sort of run things. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a way to make Jeff and McGonagall work together, but I just can't do it. <laughs> like a stretch. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, of course, will be Harry Potter. So perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I can totally see the resemblance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> we got it. We got it. I'm. That is. Come on. Back. Come. That's perfect. We just we are gonna sell this to Twitch. It's it Kids. sells itself. Are your parents it rich? Does. Do you want to throw <laughs> money at me? <laughs> come on down to do you Jesse, want a job Jesse, do you want a job switch. do you want a job that'll make you tens of dollars <laughs> <laughs> literally tens <laughs> do you want to enter an industry that, whose average failure rate is about 95 percent, possibly even higher than that do you want to throw yourself into a giant ocean full of fish all trying to get the same small, tiny little piece of algae while the sharks and the whales over there just live it up Come to Twitch school. Come to Twitch you. We will teach you. Twitch you. Twitch you. Twitch you. Twitch you. Twitch me. Pay me money. Learn how to Twitch yourself. Indeed. Oh, no. Please don't. Every time we get those questions at convention pals, like, how do you get into YouTube and Twitch? Uh, One, you don't. Go be a scientist. Years ago, go learn yeah. math and science. Save the planet. I. We don't need more Twitch people. Go do something useful. No. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. all useless. We're not That's helping. what I always say when when people say, "How do I do what you do?" I say, "Well, first you get a time machine and go to 2007." <laughs> yeah, when it was and actually possible to get from yeah. the door. Yeah. 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 That's it. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, That's the reality of it. Can we talk about? No. Uh, another no. game that I saw that I really, really liked. Okay, maybe. Uh, came out of nowhere. Still not sure about overall what it's going to be, but A Plague Tale. Uh, okay. 
was ah, a focus interactive yes. game. The basic premise of this one is you play as a 15 year old girl and her brother in 13th century France, I believe. And there is a giant ass plague. Um, that's the worst kind of ripping. plague, the giant ass plagues. Oh. Yeah, just a giant <laughs> ass, ass is like, like a giant oh, ass is everywhere. Plague, I have it! No! <laughs> But uh, there's there's uh, there, are rats, there are rats everywhere, and the, the way you play the game is um, you're fighting both like you're trying to escape the rats and trying to escape the Inquisition, and so um, the the rats there's a light mechanic with the rats where the rats just hate light, and so you have to like use the light to get the rats to swarm in different directions and kill the Inquisition or do different things. But holy shit, the rat. Whatever they're using, technology they're using to make the rat swarms is both unsettling and super fucking cool. Like, it looks amazing to watch them all, like, like crawl over each other. And they'll, like, push each other away. And it's, I don't know what they did to make that happen, but it is the coolest looking thing that I've seen in a long time. I was like, whoa, all right. And because the story's really creepy and it has that, um, like, you have to sneak, but you're sneaking for, like, devious reasons because then you're going to unleash rats on people i kind of like that vibe and it's not the whole premise is that you can't directly attack inquisitors and dudes with freaking like battle axes and shit so you have to use the world around you to fight them and then of course at the end of the uh, demo uh you and your brother are like in this creepy church and there's this weird ratch thing and you're like hearing your mom's voice and the brother's like ah and he runs in and she's like that's not our mother and i was like yo is there some supernatural shit in this game though <laughs> so I don't know, but I'm totally in. It got me. I was, I was, it's a game I did not expect to even play. And then when I played it, I was like, all right, let's see more. I did not see this. It's all, now it is on my radar as well. Very interesting. Very yeah. It, the, it was, I don't know if, if there exists any actual footage of the gameplay itself. But yeah. I only found a the damn trailer. Ra- the rats are like, the, even the title screen, when, when you load into the, to the demo, uh, the title screen is is the inside of a house, and there's a bunch of rats swarming over bodies. And then when you press uh, enter to start the game, a like, cart or something with candles rolls by, and the light reflecting in the window causes the rat to like scurry away and then come back. Like the rat technology, who created rat this? Tech. I want to shake. <laughs> so it rat is. tech 101. I thought next week we'll teach you that. Yeah, the evolution of E3, man. Over the course of the years, first it was fish, now rat. Yeah, I never thought I'd be so impressed over just swarms of rats, but it like really got me. I was like, this is great. So yeah, I have, uh, I have a, a game that surprised the hell out of me as well. What was that? Uh, I think a, a lot of people may have written it off. I don't know what you guys said about it, but I kind of wrote it off, wrote it off a little bit, although I thought it looked cool. But then I saw it in action, and that is Starlink, the game with the toy that attaches to your oh, controller. Absolutely. Yeah, Everyone. I, I immediately yeah. wrote that off as expensive plastic crap i think everyone did yeah so you played it the game is good okay the game is actually good and the 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 toys are awesome they are genuinely cool toys and they're all modular so you can mix and match weapons and put a bunch of wings on stuff but it's cool because in the game you can keep adding wings and shit to your toy but there's a weight (laughs) mechanic like the game says oh there's a lot of weight on your ships you go slower so there's like this cool push and pull there and the game is like no man's sky but good like but action-packed it's it's <laughs> there's only seven planets so it's not you know it's not that no, no man's sky but it is 
you know, you start on a planet, you can do all kinds of cool stuff. There's quests, there's combat, there's all kinds of cool stuff. And then you just like take off and you fly into space and there's cool space station stuff. You fight and then you fly down directly to the next planet, all seamless, all amazing. It looks like a really good game built around a toy that's actually neat looking. That's dangerous. It's like, oh, it's a good game attached to a lot of expensive plastic crap. Like, oh no. As a collector of Lego, I've been here before. This was not a pleasant place to be with Lego Dimensions. No kidding. But but I'm I'm telling you, they're like high quality toys and it all mixes and matches. Like they each have their own pilot and the pilot has super abilities and you can level up the pilot in the game and get other cool role-playing type stuff with the pilot. But then the pilot can be in any of the ships and the ships can all be mixed and matched with different weapons. And so one of your weapons is matched to your left trigger, one's to the right trigger, and you can put rockets on one and lasers on the other. And it's all, it's all built around playing it in the game, but it also looks awesome on the toy on your controller. Like, Did you get a sense for what kind of power you can acquire in game versus what kind of power you can acquire by buying plastic wrap? Yeah, so all of the... All of the weapons and stuff, all of the physical toy bits have intrinsic qualities, but then in the game world, you can find and unlock mods for them. So there's like a leveling up mechanic with all the weapons, but you can't utilize the weapon unless you have the physical one to plug into your controller or plug into your ship on your Mm -hmm. controller. I don't uh, so really know why of, I'm so skeptical of it, considering my eighth edition of Warhammer 40,000 just arrived. I was about to say. <laughs> it's like a $140 box of plastic crap, and now I'm looking, I was like, how much is a Warlord Titan? Oh, yeah, $1,400, <laughs> and each weapon Jesus. arm is $180. Jesus. For fucking resin cast stuff. There is always going to be a lot worse. I mean, God's sake, all that X-Wing stuff there, Star Wars Armada... These, those Star Trek things aren't even involved in games, but I could be playing Star Trek Attack Wing as well if I wanted. I'd buy a ton of plastic crap, and yet for some reason I have an aversion to when plastic crap comes into my video games. Which is odd, because well, I, I have that... no problem buying microtransactions and card packs in fucking CCGs. I... Yeah, there's, there's something... a weird cognitive dissonance happening there, but I, I, I kind of share that a little bit, but mostly because I think all of the Toys to Life stuff that's happened up till now hasn't really been toys to life it's been figurines to life True, like right there are all these like posed things there's no they're not action figures there's no they're customization action- right and this is actually a toy this is actually i think if i was 10 i'd be all over this but i don't care yeah. about like a posed disney figure like that's not a toy to play with that's something <laughs> to put on a shelf you know and and i think this is actually gets the idea that it's a toy that you then bring into your video game yeah right do you think they're aiming this at an older market in particular? Because let's be honest, pretty much everything when it comes to the Toys to Life stuff has been aimed at kids. There's no real doubt about that. I think when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be for 10-year-olds. And I thought, oh my God, I wish I was 10 because I would I would love this. Is what oh, I dreamed about. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked Barcode Battler, which is objectively <laughs> Satan. So I, you know, yeah, if I was 10, I would be going nuts for this fucking thing. No doubt. Right. But then I, when I saw the game playing played and I was like, oh, this is actually a, this isn't a throwaway. This, is, this isn't a shitty game. Like, the I game kinda is feel genuinely like, good in and of itself. Yeah, I kind of feel like Disney Infinity and Skylanders are kind of shitty games. You know, they're not great games. Yeah, I, I, I put I, a ton I of time into them. I watched my son play one of the Skylanders. It's like, 
Okay, I can kind of understand where this... This is an action RPG. This is, But for certain mm-hmm. parts, you're swapping figures out and stuff like that. It's a sort of simplified action RPG. But I'm like, I don't know if... Like, I think the toys are propping up this game. They're not... Like, they're, right. they're not central to it. They're a crutch. They're enhancing what is otherwise a fairly average experience. I think that is exactly what right and well said. And that's kind of my instinct when I saw this. Is like, that's going to be how the game is. And I came out of the meeting and again it's just a demo so who you know who knows what the final version sure, is but yeah. i came out of the the meeting that i had with that game thinking if this game was announced without the toy i would also be excited about it like it looks like a cool game interesting uh dan you said you were doing the lego dimension stuff obviously you're a big lego collector i know nothing about lego dimensions like tell me about that and tell me like how the interaction between the toys to life things actually works and if it's actually any good well the joy of Lego Dimensions is they bought every franchise they could get their hands on. And it's just one of those games that you play and you're playing as Chell and Sonic the Hedgehog and you're doing a level in the Simpsons house. Okay. And it's just that everything that I love is now on the screen. And it's a Lego game, so I don't really like their Lego games. They're far too simplistic and stuff, but they are... True. It's, it's as good as a Lego game ever gets. And you just, they keep adding loads of ridiculous... The next wave is going to have the Powerpuff Girls... And they, but the great thing is, like, we never had, as an example here, we never had a channel figure. There's never been a portal set. But now, because of the Lego Dimensions, we've got these figures. The downside is they're so goddamn expensive, even for Lego standards, which puts me off on quite a lot. But it's like, I, I mean, for me, it's given me loads of new minifigs more than it's given me a game. So this is something that's actually gone into my collection more for the toys than the game. Like Lego's gone the other way. Everything else is like you get the toys and they work with the game stuff. This is actually something I already had. It's adding to that. So I kind of prefer what Lego Dimensions did because it was an established toy in the first place. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just want I want the Lego I want Lego to innovate and come up with like each individual Lego piece has some sort of bit in it that when I put any Lego they just look like Lego bit pieces, but when I put them together in the game, my creation is. That's what I want. Then you should just play Lego World so you can just build Lego games. I know, but I don't have it in phys- – I want to manipulate it physically and have it show up virtually. I've, I've been building a Lego set now. Uh, I've got this this Technic set I've been building now for about three and a half weeks. I don't want to do that in a video game. Really? I, I, I really don't. It's 4,000 pieces, and I, I like to take my time with it, but it's got to the point where I'm like, all right, this thing's now like this big, and I don't even – I can't – but that's so that's why when these, when these things are like you can build Lego in games, I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's going to take forever. It's even longer when you have to just go through all the different parts and pieces and stuff. So, yeah, maybe without an individual, that'd be expensive. God, Lego's expensive. Yeah, they, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, what would I do nice. buying expensive plastic crap? No, not a well, The thing is, when you get like one of the DLC levels, it's its own little hub world and stuff. Like the portal level is filled with references, jokes, and puzzles based on a portal gun. So Chair House of Portal Guns, so you use a portal gun in them. And once you finish them all, there is a brand new GLaDOS song. Like if they don't mess around, they don't get these licenses just like go, oh, we're gonna waste this. They genuinely care. And then for these, especially the portal levels, like Doctor Who's another great one. There is a proper whole set of Doctor Who levels with you go in the TARDIS and you battle Daleks and all that sort of thing. They do genuinely, I've never felt like any of the toys in life. I mean, because this is just so different to all the other ones. The other ones are toy in this game. This is just a franchise It's collision. a reliance on existing franchises, isn't it? Versus it's this, absolutely which that. is a yeah. brand new world, brand new IP. Yeah. And it's reliant more on, is the gameplay good? Because if it's not, and you're not engaging me, I'm not buying 
these toys for any other reason. So you better damn well get me invested. One of the things I that that uh, the sky whatever it's called. If if the uh, the space the thingy, I can't remember. Skylink. Or Starlink. Skylink. That's the Starlink. See, you don't even know. And nobody yeah. knows what it's called. It's kind of if generic that sounding. Trailer had looked like an eighties and nineties toy commercial. Would you all be more interested? Uh, yes. If they, oh, if it was like, should have. Oh that. my god. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's why I thought they should have done that. Because then it would have got that doesn't go. Oh, this is for kids. That goes. Oh, that's for me. Right. That's capitalizing on the thing that I know. Like if it looked like an eighties, like if uh, they would have done the Crossfire commercial where guys are like putting together the ships on platforms that move through space and time, (laughs) and they just had like you get caught up in that. I'd be like, fuck yes. They should have done that. They should have done that. The the way that they presented it was just not ideal for their target audience. Yeah, I would have probably got into it a lot more had they done exactly what you said. Yeah. They need to fire their entire PR team. Get them out. <laughs> and they would have loved this. A Twitch you. <laughs> Indeed. Hey, Daniel, I, I, uh, I suspect I'm the last person to say this, but uh, every Halloween, do you always go as Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon? Every, every Halloween? You should. You should. Am I, I, do you hear that all the time? We don't do Halloween in the UK, really. It's like we don't, we don't, we don't do you like, Have you, you ever could, just you... thought about dressing up like Gary Oldman in the movie <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Dark Knight? <laughs> I'll just dress it. Yeah, screw you it. Are, it's a spitting image, man. It's that like I'm, looking, I'm talking to I'm Gary Oldman now, as like, Commissioner uh, Gordon. Huh. You, you're not wrong, <laughs> Have actually. you not heard that before? I feel like everyone must say that to you. No one has ever called me Gary Oldman before. Uh, what? That's a couple. The only Gary Oldman Dan relates to is the fifth element Gary Oldman. Uh, <laughs> he's going to shave half his head off and wear a little Every plastic thing. <laughs> yeah. The best movie for all time, always and forever. Is there? Yeah. Do you have a way to pull up a screenshot of Gary Oldman from? Dark I'm sure Knight I can pull that off. It, I we can do a identical. So Gary Oldman <laughs> and it's Commissioner Gordon, right? Okay. Goddamn identical! I'm telling you. I can make it it's happen. Gotta be so close. <laughs> I'm. I am actually to some extent seeing the resemblance. I. I, I will give you that. I. Huh. I can't believe no one's ever said that before. I, I felt like I would be the last person. Yeah. No one's ever actually seen me before. I tend to just, I wear a uh, shout of a big box over my head. Fair he's enough. not on camera all that often. So that might be why. I have this big white beard that I wear all the time as Dumbledore. I just go around <laughs> teaching people. This is how you put a thing on the screen that shows what bits you have. Oh, you'll learn that. Uh, tell me more about what bits you have. <laughs> hey. Oh, totally hang on Quite literally. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm trying to pull up this damn Gary Oldman thing. Like, no, I, I, you on the spot. I apologize. I shouldn't have done it, that to you. Uh, yeah, I needs a bit, bit square glasses. Gary Oldman's got a bit of a higher forehead, I'd say. I Maybe mean, Gary just Oldman's just Gary Oldman, so unfortunately you'll never be him, but... No. <laughs> I think you, it's you know, pretty close. You're man. very close. Thicken the mustache up a little bit. You know, a bit more distinguished, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> I can see. Buy a bat signal. Like maybe. There you go. <laughs> Buy a help. bat signal. Yeah. Be an internationally acclaimed actor. It's yeah. that easy. That's the, that's the difficult bit, isn't it? There. Well, that's how do you be successful on Twitch? Be an internationally acclaimed actor. That's a good start. <laughs> oh my if my dad was a YouTuber, I would totally make a joke that he was my dad, but god damn it. Psst, you can't do life. that. You're one of the few people that can't do that, unfortunately. Oh, man. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more about the games that we have been playing this week and at E3, no doubt. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. More gaming content coming your way. Possibly. No promises. 
You've had three months to calm down. You've had three months to prepare. You've had three months to learn what a timing attack is. On June the 24th, Shoutcraft Kings returns. The ultimate StarCraft II King of the Hill, Shoutcraft Kings takes pro players from all over the globe and says, Do you like money? Win a map, get paid. Lose the map, and you're out of the tournament. We even have our own theme song. See the world's top Korean pro gamers from the most prestigious and competitive league in the world, the GSL. Then watch them potentially lose in under five minutes to a Swede whose training consisted of Hearthstone and falling asleep to the Nathanius announcer pack on loop. Noise. In a day of StarCraft celebration, watch the GSL finals and witness the very best that StarCraft has to offer with top-notch production the world's best commentary team, and a crowd of screaming fans. Directly followed by Shoutcraft Kings, the worst best StarCraft 2 tournament. Is it the worst best or the best worst? Oh my I... god, he did it! <laughs> Got it. Commentated by Total Biscuit, a man who knows some build orders, and in control, a greater monster energy elemental, Shoutcraft Kings. Mystery players, a sack of cash, and no second chances. Watch the GSL Finals, followed by Shoutcraft Kings in a day of awesome StarCraft action. Times and stream information on the screen right now. If you missed the live stream over at twitch.tv slash TotalBiscuit, you can catch all of the spoiler-free VODs over at youtube.com slash TotalBiscuit. Shoutcraft Kings, we're back. Probably about as good as we were previously, and we're not going anywhere. Hail to the king, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-op Shop Podcast. Apologies for the brief interruption on the stream. We decided that ingest server ain't working for us. It was dropping frames left, right, and center. So we've changed it out. Hopefully it will be better, he says, as we immediately drop frames yet again for no reason. Thanks, Twitch, you piece of shit. Oh, well, never <laughs> mind. <sighs> They've been getting worse and worse lately. You'd think, being partnered with Amazon, they'd understand the concept of delivery, but apparently not. <laughs> indeed that's that's the best uh gripe that i have about it right now okay well moving on it's an audio show at least you'll still be able to bloody well hear it let's get back onto some games we've been playing this week dan what have you been playing oh. this week what's been going on super hot vr came out for the vibe a little while ago yes, and oh my god mm -hmm. is good right thing. it's yeah. apart from the horrific unintentional jump scare when you first play the game because the first time you grab a gun, you're like, oh, there's a gun. You grab it. And then a six-foot-tall, six-and-a-half-foot-tall guy just appears here. Just just here. Just in front of you, there's suddenly a man. And you go, ah! And everybody I've seen play goes, ah! Because yep. <laughs> suddenly a man just appears in your face. But then time moves only when you do, and it's beautiful. It's, it's... so... It's just... You can recreate the whole Neo in the Matrix, just leading back and... Uh, it Perfect. is as good as it sounds. It's a perfect game for VR. Yep. Have you guys seen the guys that do the trick shots where they like throw a gun to themselves in the next room and then catch it and use it? Yep. Oh, so rad. Yep. Just, I feel like you just end up doing that by playing the game. Especially if you're doing, if you're slightly stuck on a level and you're replaying it over and over again, you get like better and better and faster and faster at it. So like the first time you get it, you like you pick up the gun. You're like, okay, I don't want to turn around too fast because there could be people. Let's look over here. Okay, there's nobody over here. Let's look over here. <laughs> and then like the next time you pick up, you're like, dum, 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 dum. like I literally like knelt down and threw knives like that and killed two guys. I got up and I was like, I have the biggest erection now. This is the best thing. <laughs> Gaming has changed. This is wonderful. I love this. 
It really I want to film your poses. I know you're like, <laughs> I know you're doing that. I could be your devil or angel pose. You're doing the whole thing. Yeah. I do, I do them all. It's the best. You, thing. you Naruto run wherever you go while you play that game. <laughs> it is, I, it is basically a Jackie Chan simulator. It's, 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 pretty it's every action movie ever simulated. Cause you, and you do it at your own speed. And it's great. Like you can slice bullets out of the air with a knife. Like every one that comes, you just go slice. I'll deflect them with your gun. You can shoot every bullet coming at you out of the air. So that's like that's a wild west simulator. You got it's everything. It's so good. The physical element to it adds so much. It it so really much. does. It's not like the first game wasn't great because it was, but the VR version of it, which is a different game by the way, it's it's not the same thing just in VR, is another level of fantastic. Yeah, it's, 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 you need it. You need to try it. Cause it, it's one of those games where people go, go, I don't really get the whole VR thing. I'm like, no, you tried this. Play yeah. Superhot, like not VR, and then play Superhot VR. And then you'll just, you'll go, oh, I get it. I totally get it now. That's, that's just, I want to play it now. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I want to go, go back into the VR room and do it. It's, it's one of, one of the few games that are absolutely worth playing on a regular like it's not a tech demo yeah. it feels like the kind of thing that you would stand up and play willingly rather than just hey let's try this like no i actually actively want to play this yeah. more than once yeah there's a, there's only a few vr games that are like that yes not many some, not yet there's some you finished there's some like, like the rick and morty one i finished that and i was like that was a satisfying adventure i don't need to go back to that yeah but the stuff like uh hot dogs horseshoes and hand grenades that i play daily because that game is exceptional What's that all about yeah. then? That's a that's a gun simulator. It's literally just a gun simulator. But okay. simulator to the most extreme degree, it is trying to create verisimilitude. It is trying to create perfect simulation of what it would actually be like to handle real life weaponry. Yeah, and it's I'm terrible at it. The I'm guy British. the guy who makes it is is ridiculously meticulous about all of the the sort of true to lifeness of it, and he's really good at updating and. Uh, and documenting his updates and giving you all the details about everything. It's, it's pretty neat project. Yeah. I play it a lot. Cause it, it just, <laughs> just simple gun ranges. It's just a simple gun range. You're like, that's not good. And then like they do, they have the, oh, they have the gymnasium where with one hand you're clicking and like where you click and hold, then you start moving the world around. So you can like click and like do like beams and bounce beams and climb up on stuff. It just adds so much like, it just adds so much presence to the game. And then you have you have the gun on the holster, so you like climb up a wall, get your gun out. And it's 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 so good. And I play it so much. But it's becoming sl slightly terrifying how accurate you get quite quickly with firing a VR gun. So when I did like a super hot VR video, a lot of the comments were like, dude, you killed a lot of people like really quickly. I'm like, I know, it's just it's a thing that I can do now. I'm being trained up for the next wave of just war that we're going to eventually go through. You know, that's that's what's happening. That's what VR really is. I'm surprised we haven't seen the media frenzy over that yet. You know, it's like, Doom is a training simulator for mass murderers. Like, and for VR, deathly silence up to this point on that. Uh, let's keep it that way, preferably. Yeah. But I'm just quite yes. surprised that people have not created a new mass panic over that yet. I like, Daniel, when the, uh, when the uprising comes, you'll just be like, don't move unless I move. Yeah. <laughs> we have to agree on this. Like, no, okay, okay, no, no, start now. No, we can't do that. Could you fire your bullets slowly, please? <laughs> uh, then I'm all on that thing. Yeah. 
that's the maybe that's the bit we're missing. Yeah, maybe that's why it's not properly training. Yeah. Also, the fact if anything comes on me in VR, I go, God, oh, Jesus, oh God, every time, every time, everything is a everything is a horror game in VR. Everything is a horror game. That's true. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I kind of want them to stop making horror games in VR because it's <laughs> too easy. It's too, yeah. it's too, it's too easy to kill, to make me poop my pants in VR. It's very easy. There's no skill required. That kitchen demo is naughty. It's like, you just sit there. Scariest effing thing there ever was. That Resident <laughs> Evil demo is too much uh, for this world. Yeah. Resident Evil in VR is horrifying. And, yeah. and I, like, I've, I, I've never played a video game before where I had to talk to myself and be like, just calm down. Just regulate your breathing. <laughs> Just yeah. breathe through it. It's not real. It's it's okay. We're all right. Yeah. I lost my Animal Crossing save recently, and I had the exact same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> that was an unpleasant time. You idiot. <laughs> all right. I had I had an Animal Crossing town, and they updated it recently, and you could then sell your town for like millions of bells. So I sold my town. So I was like, I've been working on this for years. But I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna get. I had so many bells. Or you can get like you can get like all of it in one go, or you can get like a little bit of it every day you play. And I'm like, I'm gonna have four hundred thousand bells every time that I play for a year, and then my save corrupted, and I wept openly. But I feel like I betrayed everyone and didn't get anything. I just I heisenberg. No, you did. That's that. called a comeuppance. <laughs> you got exactly what you deserved. You betrayed all those people in your town. Yeah. That's a feature. They, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. It, but I, yeah. <laughs> lessons were learned lessons learned don't do that those people trusted you and you, <laughs> no, left, you left them no they didn't because one of them left and then came back with no memory that they were ever even there they just came back and were like I'm, hi i'm this person i'm like dude could have been a twin could have been a twin yeah. named the exact same thing <laughs> who also likes t-shirts with an 88 run on it i think not uh <laughs> I'm just saying twins are cre creepy i don't know they get who knows what they're into yeah, that was more, 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 more super hot VR. Sounds good. I, I like VR. Yeah, Although I, I played a VR game I didn't particularly care for this. Uh, that literally just came out as well. What was that? Which was um, a giant cop. Oh, which was like yes, giant. Uh, just to repeat that, giant cop, giant. Yeah, VR game called Giant Cock. <laughs> Great. <laughs> What a great VR game. The multiplayer version, else. Giant Cocks. <laughs> I yeah, just you just play as a big just, chicken. That'd be great. Yeah. I just said I didn't want any more. I didn't want any more horror games in VR. Now you're talking <laughs> about Giant like, Cock. Oh, oh. Giant Cock. <laughs> just unbelievable revolutionary physics on that thing. <laughs> I thought there was nothing around the corner until there was a Giant, <laughs> giant cock. cock. It's a, giant it's a cock. room scale game. Uh, and basically involved, you got a swing. And left and right, and it acts as sort of a wrecking ball. Uh, you, you, it uses real physics. Just destroy things, great. Plowing or through crowds of pedestrians, you know, knocking or, over buildings, cars flying, buses flying everywhere. Or wrecking balls, as the case may be. Indeed. <laughs> that, there's, your, there's your game mode. The marketing for this thing writes itself. Giant cock. <laughs> Next VR, epic dong physics simulator. Ugh. Just pitch it, do it. <laughs> Crowdfund it, kickstart it, early access.
go. Now the, the, the real twist on that is that uh, you don't, you're playing the whole game like that until one moment when you turn and there's a reflective surface and you realize that you were the giant cock the whole time. No! Whoa! That moment of self-realization. It, it wins BAFTAs, <laughs> Game Awards, everything. Oscars. Just, it's like this was a brand new incredible media experience it really made me think i want to be the elevator pitch for that movie based off the game giant cock <laughs> you know you like it's, it's, too it's a cerebral back. type of movie like it's black and white and we're just like oh we're really getting people's heads that's the game end, within a game you're man. a giant cock <laughs> so t- tell me why the credits Tell me why Shaft giant cock is, is it originally this was pushed as a, a big Oculus exclusive, you know, hey, this you know, and all the Oculus exclusives are timed exclusive. So but it's like we're funding yeah. this, it's gonna be great, this is the future of VR. The trailer looked kind of funny. You didn't care for it. Why was that? It's strange. It's it's kind of, it does a few things that are kind of weird. Like it's a, I like the whole you're big and then there's little people absolutely everywhere. That's always a fun thing to do, and you pick them up and throw them, but no one reacts to you. I kind of feel like if everybody stopped and looked up at the giant cop, I, I feel like I'm not there until I pick some up and like got like attack on Titan and them go like, I'm literally going to eat you at this point. Could you please notice me? That's like the only time that they really interact with you. It has a, a story. I'm getting through the story and stuff, but like it's, there's a lot of story beats. You bet you, I clearly think you're playing as villains. There's a lot of Trump based references and Trump policy based references from the people that you're working with. They're like, all right, this is, I see where you go, unless it isn't, and it's just a right-wing propaganda. It could be even better. I'd, tell, I'd be like, no, that's great. That's well done for that. There's it's actually just of, not a hint of irony. They're completely serious about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, oh dear. I shouldn't promote this. So oh. That's a bit of realization for us. Like, Whoa, did I, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's filled with, I mean, you grab people and you throw them in the big hole because there's a big police station that they built with a big hole that you throw everyone into. And that's the and it's it's got, it's kind of like it half goes places. Like you'll see if you if you're looking at footage, you you shake people down and they might drop cabbage and cabbage. Oh no, cabbage isn't allowed. And no, okay. ca- cabbages cabbages fall out of people. And you go oh cabbage and you're trying to shut down all the cabbage dealers in the town. And it's it's kind of fun, but it feels like because this was an Oculus thing inside, and now it's coming to vibe. I feel like I've done this. I feel like I've got to this point in. I feel like we. This is just treading old ground. I was kind of like, ah, I want to go back to Super Hot VR and yeah, Star Trek. I mean, I, mean, I played it after Super Hot and Star Trek. It didn't really stand a chance. I'm watching you play this, and this does not look fun. They, this looks no, highly that, repetitive. Yeah, that's kind of the problem I had with it. I mean, you can go to different places and things. And I tried to lob somebody at a plane, but they couldn't. I couldn't hit the plane with the person, and I just gave oh. up. Huh. <laughs> that's my view. If you can't hit a plane with a person. What's the What's point, the point of VR technology at all? You might as well just give yeah. up on it. It's never going to succeed. Yeah, yeah all right. Uh, I might avoid that one then. That doesn't look particularly enjoyable, actually. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it, it, it looks like my kind of thing, and then you play and go, it, kind of, it has that sort of, I don't know, I've got this weird feel that it's kind of like a, a, one of the early indies on PS3, like Pain, that kind of not quite fleshed out idea, but it had that, they gave it a little bit too much budget. For a not quite fleshed out idea, and that's sort of that little era. Like there was like that game with the rubber ducks that was pretty only there as a tech demo. That was a weird era of gaming, but oh yeah, it's, it reminds me of that sort of thing. Huh. That, that kind of it's like yeah, you should have given this less money, more time. Yeah. Mm. Oh well. Yeah. Mm. No, not liking the look of that. Oh. That's a shame. More more good VR stuff, less terrible. If you don't mind, that'll be good. Yeah. 
Lone Echo comes out today. I'm really excited to try that. I think Ooh, it's all about Oculus right now. But yeah. What's that all about then? Uh, that's the new big uh, Oculus exclusive for a while. Uh, I heard that the multiplayer is supposed to be amazing, which is basically recreating Ender's Game multiplayer in a video oh, game. Oh, yes. Yes, okay. I know what that is now. Yeah. And uh, and there's a single player where you like you have to grab and pull yourself through the world and you're, you know, exploring a space station and stuff. I haven't tried it yet. It came out today. Uh, but um, I, I've heard a bunch of people played the multiplayer at E3 and they were speaking very highly of it. But if you've read Ender's Game, you know, the way they train in Ender's Game's little school is they're in this, you know, uh, fully um, gravity free environment. They're yeah. floating around and uh, you, you can push off of things and propel yourself uh, and then you shoot people and it paralyzes them and stuff. And I think that's basically exactly how this works. Yes. That seems to be <clears throat> so, exactly it. Yeah. It, I'm, uh, I'm very yeah, excited to try it. All right, I'll, I'll have to try it out. Uh, my Oculus is the one that I currently have plugged in as opposed to my Vibe. So yeah, I'll have to give that a shot. I Let me ask you this question. This may be a tangent you don't want to go down. That's fine. But uh, Oh, yes, because we're known for dodging tricky topics on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have both as well. And I try to use them on the same computer. And for a while... Yeah. It was fine. For a while, all I had to do was swap out the HDMI cable, and it was fine. And then all of a sudden, they would start conflicting with each other. Yes. And it really bothers me. And now I, in order to swap them, I have to completely disconnect one and reconnect the other, which makes me not want to switch them, which makes me like want to stick with the whatever one is plugged in at the moment. Yeah. And it really bothers me. But why is – I've Googled. I've searched. There doesn't seem to be anybody – coming up with great solutions on how to have both headsets on one PC. I've had the same issue with it. They they like to fight. And I think a lot of it also comes down to the fact that both of these devices are incredibly demanding in terms of USB resources. And right. X99 chipsets in particular actually have really bad USB controllers on them. As it turns out, we have three X99 machines in the house right now. Every one <laughs> of them has had problems with USB ports in some way to the point yeah. where when I cannibalized an old machine to build the VR rig, the first thing I did was buy three USB controller cards for it. Three five-port PCI USB 3 controller cards. Plug them in like, this is what we're going to use. You're getting this. You're getting this. You know, it's, it's like separating the kids when they're fighting. Yes, it did. Um, the onboard mother, the motherboard controlled stuff just doesn't seem like it's up to snuff. I'm hoping that that will be addressed. But it seems like USB devices have got more demanding. And these motherboards haven't kept up, and they're just rubbish. Like, you, you can't have so many things plugged in. Even my new machine, which is top of the fucking line, still has issues with certain USB devices, just for no reason. So maybe that's what I need to do is invest in a new USB controller card. Yeah, they're about $15 each. There's about, If you look on yeah. Amazon, the, the highly rated ones are like, yeah, this works with Vive and Oculus. There's actually one I think that Oculus recommends. I bought mm. a few of those, and that does seem to help a lot. Uh, and make sure you update your firmware and your drivers as well. That's the only thing I can suggest. Right. They do like to fight, though. Uh, there's no doubt. It's weird because it started out fine, and then later on it was like, nah, I don't want to, I'm not going to work anymore. Yeah, as soon as one of them updates their firmware, it ends up screwing with the other. It's like, oh, God, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's, not, it's not good. It's, it is a pain because I would prefer to have both in, no doubt, because you get access to different games. And even with the Oculus yeah. Touch, there's still one is built for a different experience than the other. Oculus is not built for room scale. It can right. do it, but the games are not built around the idea of it. So most of them don't really have more than just sort of standing and moving a bit 
you know, rather yeah. than fully walking around like a lot of Vive games are designed for. That's why when something gets announced, sort of like for the PSVR or the Oculus, and then it's like, but it's coming to Vive, I'm kind of like, that's going to feel like it's slightly restricted when it comes to the Vive. Like Skyrim's coming to the PSVR. Like, you can't turn around while playing Skyrim? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I played that. I played that at, at E3 and I, and there's nobody who's a bigger fan of VR than me. I love it. I talk about it constantly on my show. I'm a big advocate, but Sky, no nope. Skyrim. Uh, Fallout was awesome on Vive. I also played I'm that. So excited. I'm so excited for Fallout VR. But did you get to play the Doom one? I did not. That's the one I'm most really, excited for. Yeah, I know. Everybody That's nightmare about fuel. That's nightmare fuel. Yep. It's, I can't do it. I couldn't do that. At I all. just love the way they're incorporating the teleport mechanic that they often use for a lot of these games into the game itself as an item and a beat for the story. And apparently they have this quick dodge as well that they're putting in, which makes the movement a lot more fluid than you would expect. So what was wrong with Skyrim VR then? Like what, what did, what, and more to the point, what, what really clicked for you with Fallout that didn't click with you with Skyrim VR? Well, with Fallout, I, I played Fallout last year's E3 as well when it was really just a, prototype or just a tech demo and now it really feels like they put a lot of work in it and it's close to being a, a full-fledged game and they added last year it was just the teleporting that you could move around with this year you could move full fluid free form with the uh, vibe control you just push the, the whole directional pad and you move and it worked great i didn't feel nauseated it was Some awesome right uh, and i think they've just gotten better at this you know in the last several months there's more of that i mean i played farpoint didn't get nauseated. There's a lot of games where it's just fluid and it's fine. They're getting better at it. But um, the move controllers are just not up to the task. Uh, there's, there's, no, there's no directional anything on the move controllers, right? It's, it's really frustrating to me that PlayStation in their wisdom decided to just retroactively use their own dumb movement controller rather than coming tech, out with a yeah. specific controller for yeah. the thing. Yeah, because that's PS3 but, era tech. You know, it was good at the time, but... Sure, but it's not built for what modern VR games need. And I actually think if I were to play Skyrim VR on PlayStation VR, because it is a timed exclusive for PlayStation, uh, I might just play it with a DualShock because they're going to support mm. that. It is cool to you know shoot fire out of your hand. And it, it was fun hacking and slashing. I did a lot of that. The game looks really primitive. I mean, the, the settings were way, 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 way low uh, in order to pull it off on a PlayStation. And uh, it's downright ugly, I would say. Ah. Stuff that's still still cool about it. I mean, it's still really cool to see a dragon in, you know, that's proportional to you and fighting was cool. But like I went to a dungeon and you, if you guys remember from Skyrim, a lot, a lot, almost every one of the dungeons has a spiral staircase. Not good to try to <laughs> teleport down a spiral staircase in VR. It's, it's, it's just awkward and weird. And uh that's that's a problem and i find myself wanting to turn there's a button that lets you turn uh, you know at 45 degree increments it's just really clunky i feel like those controllers are holding it back and the power or lack thereof of the playstation was holding it back graphically so fallout 4 was a much better experience on a beefy pc using vive hardware yes mm -hmm. and i actually think honestly I understand Fallout 4 is a more recent game and probably more demanding of system resources, but I, but I actually think they did them backwards. And I wish Fallout was the game that was on PlayStation because they could use the aim controller. And it makes sense because you're using weapons in Fallout and then you could have the sticks and you can move like you do in Farpoint and then have Skyrim be the Oculus, or excuse me, the uh, Vive game 
and uh, and it would be able to move the way you would want to move in Skyrim. But they didn't. It did the other way around. Yeah. Is there anything? Was there, I saw something on PSVR that looked actually interesting because I like it when PSVR goes, okay, it's a game where you face forward and you have to deal with that. Archangel, but everybody see Archangel. No. No. I, oh, I saw it being played, but I didn't get. That's the one where you're in a mech, like you're yeah, in a, you're you're in a mech, but you see it from the perspective of the dude sitting in the mech, right? And so you have massive arms that come crashing around the side and punch and stuff. I that looks my kind of thing. Uh, the one I did play that blew me away uh, was Star Child, mm -hmm. uh, which is the one that oh. if you saw it at the at the conference, it looked kind of lame and not yeah, very interesting. That, we thought like, what the hell is this doing on VR? This makes no damn sense. It kind of doesn't, right? You go, oh, it's a 2D platformer. Why do you need to be in VR for that? Let me tell you, it's amazing. Because imagine playing a 2D platformer like Mario or anything else where you move left to right and you jump on stuff. Except now, you can turn your head to the right and see what's coming at you. Mm. And you can lean forward and look into things or look around behind things. And they do all kinds of really cool stuff. Like uh, you're in this space world and there's these giant red crystals and your character, because it's on a 2D plane, walks behind the red crystal and they get all refracted and it's all in 3D and you can like move your head around and see where they are. Awesome. And it's beautiful. This game is uh, one of the best looking PlayStation VR games I've ever seen as well. I was really, really impressed with Star Child. Nice, yeah, because that did not come through well on the stream of the conference at all. I that agree. Did not impress. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I guess it, it is sometimes difficult to translate that to a theater presentation if you're not actually wearing a headset and looking at it. Some games yeah, you a... can immediately visualize that this is why it's going to be good in a headset, and some just don't make sense. It's a problem. That's a problem. And, and I think that's one of the things holding uh, VR back because that whole section of the Sony conference when they showed VR, I don't think any of those games were impressive, but you've already heard Jesse and I talk at length about Moss. I didn't think that looked great in the presentation, but it was, and Star Child's the same way. And so I think, unfortunately, people are like, well, I don't care. What do I want to play the stupid game of the mouse? It looks dumb. It's amazing. They're idiots. Those, they're those idiots. People are dum-dums. Well said, dude. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> I played some of the new Darkest Dungeon DLC. They finally released, yeah, they released the Crimson Court. It's been a long time uh, coming on the CS1. It's been sitting in the upcoming releases of Steam for God knows how many months. Finally came out. Streamed it for a good five hours yesterday. That first... Uh, mission in the new area is a nightmare it's uh, darkest dungeon is hard enough in and of itself you know it's a it's a tricky game the addition of the radiant mode that they put in as a free update a while ago takes quite a lot of the perceived grind away which is good but keeps a lot of the difficulty so your dudes are still dying that's happening but a lot of the retreading your steps having to re-earn the money and re-level you guys is uh it's sanded off a little bit it's made a little bit easier they they've just they have sanded off the corners so you don't constantly run into them and bruise your leg it's still a difficult game but it's made a little more convenient and a little bit less frustrating but it's difficult the first mission you get to go into the new area you get very early on if you start a new game within the first hour you can get into it and there's a giant crocodile and it fucks you up <laughs> it's nasty it's very unpleasant the new monsters are they're vampiric in nature but they're not what i expected i expected ah, oh, it's gonna be vampire stuff yeah there are but a lot of them are insect based 
Like, there's a nasty combination of what looks like a sort of blood fly with a waiter called the manservant. That's like, this has a fl- blood fly for a head, but it's a vampiric manservant. This is, ugh, if you don't like insects, you're going to hate the, the new faction that's in this thing. Yeah, yeah just gone. <laughs> Nasty little bastards, those things. The area itself has a new mechanic called bloodlight, where you don't have to keep renewing your torch, but you're constantly getting more stress and you're more vulnerable to bleed effects but also the other dudes are as well. And your guys can get the Crimson Curse, which is essentially vampirism. And if you get it, there's no easy way of getting rid of it. I assume it's later on in the game you can cure it, but nothing you have at the start let you do that. So you've got to keep collecting blood. And if you give your guy blood, it will abate the curse for a while, actually gives you a buff. But if you let your guy starve, they get horribly debuffed and they can spread it to everybody else and go crazy and... Not pleasant. There's a new character in it called the Flagellant, who's all about whipping himself and getting stressed out for buffs, which is counterintuitive because, you know, up to this point, people are used to trying to keep the stress levels low on everybody. With him, he actually benefits. If he hits the 100 stress marker, he gets a rapturous state, which makes him do a bunch of cool stuff. But you can't push it too hard because you can still have a heart attack and die like everybody else. So you got to be a little bit careful with balancing that out. Um, that and when he starts going crazy and whipping your other party members, it's like, ah, this will make you stronger. It's like, stop that. Fuck. It's, it take 10 damage as he fucking smacks your other party members around. Uh, so that was interesting. <laughs> and it just, it seems like they've added a good amount of new content that's made me want to play it again. Some people have looked at the feature list and said, is this really worth it? But I don't know. It depends. You know, it's... Gives you another reason to go back into Darkest Dungeon, especially if you haven't played the recent updates with Radiant Mode and stuff that's already given you a bunch of extra content. This might be a good time to jump right back in, you know? Mm. If you've played it to death, will this extra set of content keep you playing again, be worth another run? Not sure, you know? It's nice to have a new faction, nice to have new quests, new districts that you can build in your town, which are like super buildings that cost a lot of money to build, Uh, new gear, new class-specific sets that are themed... Or new events and all that kind of stuff you know it's what you want out of an expansion but it's not like a game changer it's not like oh wow this is double the amount of content it's no so if you're not too keen on the price tag wait for it to go on sale it's good from what i could tell it definitely appears like it's gonna get me playing again i'm just hoping they update the ps4 and vita versions they haven't done that in ages and portable darkest dungeon is awesome but the Vita version is like five updates out of date. It's way behind. So, it's a Vita. <laughs> Never heard of my it. My most played console as of late, man. I tell you, the Vita is great. It annoys me that they keep ignoring it and Sony have just said, fuck it. It's like, no, this, you made a lovely little machine. It's great. The functionality is awesome. It's it my is. favorite handheld. And I, I use it mostly for remote play. I've been remote playing mm. Valkyria Chronicles on it lately. I've uh, just installed Danganronpa 2 to play on it. And I've been remote playing Persona 5. The most of my Persona 5 is all remote play. And I played the um, the demo for Marvel Infinite. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite on the thing. Ah, uh, okay. The, yeah, yeah, as, as <laughs> Jesse's enthusiasm dies for that. That did not get a good reception. And honestly, if you played that demo, I don't blame you in the slightest for thinking the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is not going to be a good game. It, that story demo did not leave a good impression. 
Yeah, it was an odd yeah. thing for them to to put in the demo, right? Just uh, smacking a bunch of robots. Nobody wants yeah. to smack robots. There were really short fights. It was a ton of the same fight, then a fight that you can't beat, and a bunch yeah. of cutscenes which demonstrated that a lot of the characters look really weird, like Chun Li's head. What is wrong with Chun Li's head? I'm Cons convinced it's. Look at all the characters. It's the eyes. The eyes are just like a little too wide, like far apart. Like, yes. It, 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 I, I don't know what the design is, but I, I will say either Rocket Raccoon is a broken character or designed for idiots because the minute I played as him, I was like a god. And I couldn't figure out why I was doing so well and pulling off combos I had no idea what to do. And I was like, ah. Maybe it's just dumbed down, and this is this is for me. This is this is this is my fighting game where now I am amazing. It's it's hard to really say because I mean I'm not a pro fighting game player. I have played all of the Marvel games. I've played a ton of Marvel vs. Capcom two. As someone that really didn't get into Marvel vs. Capcom three for a variety of reasons, mm -hmm. I played this and like for what I could get out of the story demo, which is really not a lot. Like they would have been much better off just releasing a skirmish demo against ai with maybe four to six characters available in it just let you hammer away at it because those fights are way too short like those robot fights they take about 20 seconds right they yeah. you can't you can't even get a feel for it but what i did play of it felt pretty slick it felt quick i was comboing in a way that was satisfying i'm interested to see what the infinity stones do like, there's all sorts of things you can do with that. I remember playing Marvel Super Heroes on the Sega Saturn and loving the Infinity Stone mechanic, where you could pick up an Infinity Stone and they all gave you different powers and shit. You can combo them together. The two-on-two -two instead of the three-on-three, -three, I don't mind that. Uh, I played uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom on the Wii, and that was a lot of fun with two-on-two. -two -two. So I don't really mind that it's that. And it, did, it felt good. Uh, it almost felt... Maybe like it was less reliant on those ridiculous lock down the enemy for 30 second juggles that Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was, but maybe I'm just not good enough for the game for it to matter. I think as a fighting game, it felt enjoyable and it felt like there was some cool shit going on, but that demo did it no favors at all. None. Yeah. Just, I, I just want another realm to make a Marvel game. Please, can I? Please. That's what I, I want. I don't know. I, I, I like Capcom games. I, I think you know the speed of them is pleasant. Um, I was also playing Tekken 7, the first Tekken game I've played in like 15 years. And the comparison between the speed of a Tekken game versus the speed of a Capcom fighter, it's night and day. Tekken is a slow game in comparison. And it comes down to stuff like input delay. The input delay on... Uh, this a frame delay on Tekken is apparently really high compared to other fighting games, whereas Capcom's is generally quite low. So it feels snappier and it feels more responsive. And even like Netherrealm games as well, you know, they feel chunky and meaty, which is good. But simultaneously, I like the snappy response as well. So I don't know. It comes out of personal preference, I think. But the hype around E3 was not this. It was the right. Dragon Ball Z game. The Dragon Ball Fighters was what everybody was up for. I don't blame them. It looks pretty slick. Yeah. Looks like a cartoon, like exactly the cartoon. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it does. I, the problem with me is I don't care about Dragon Ball. Whereas yeah, I do neither. very much care about Capcom and Marvel characters, although that roster is not doing that game any favors either. It's like, yeah. could you come up with a more boring roster? You have so many characters you dispose and you pick those. Right. What is wrong with you? Did you play Injustice 2? I freaking love that game. Bit of it. 
Yeah, it's good. That's so good. Yeah, it's a very it's, good game. I want that a, with Marvel characters. That's what I want. With a lot of content and yeah. an interesting roster. Like a lot of obscure characters in there. And that's probably and for an, the best. You know, you're not playing the same dudes over again. That's an okay. awesome story mode, too. Very good. Exceptional story mode. Certainly a hell of a lot better than what this damn story demo demonstrated. Like I said, Marvel, uh, Capcom are doing themselves no favors with what, how they're currently showing this game. Not Correct. at all. Which is a shame because it doesn't look bad. It, what I played of it seemed okay. We'll see what the main game's like. But yeah, Tekken 7 as well. Out of that. Oh, that fucking game. Not a fan? I play. I haven't played a Tekken game like for years and years and years. And I play the game Not itself is great. Like go through the arcade, bash the things, hit all the buttons, the thing falls down. It's great fun. Like, the story mode. I've never played a story mode in a fighting game that was that dull. I just, I just, nothing's happening for like four minutes at a time, and then you fight a guy, and then nothing happens for like four minutes. Like stuff's happening, but it, I, I'm assuming this is important to someone. I'm assuming somebody cares that I actually now owns this corporation that someone else used to own. But then, like, there's like 15 minutes of him going, "Oh, better do this paperwork," and just filling in forms. And then you got Jin over there just trucking through the desert, going, "Oh, I'm gonna, oh, this is a bit difficult." It's just, I don't feel like anything was happening. Just, I must have been uh, playing online in Treasure Battle in that one. So Treasure Battle's kind of neat. You're constantly getting cos cosmetic unlocks for your characters, and every now and again they'll put a special condition on your fight. So it reminds me a little bit of Mortal Kombat's Towers, although Mortal Kombat's Towers are much, much better. You know, So is uh, uh, a lot of the Injustice 2 stuff. The tower-like mode in that is good too. Was it the multiverse mode or whatever? That's pretty good. Uh, but it's just been getting used to playing a 3d fighter again when we've had so many 2d ones it it definitely feels a lot slower and less responsive but it's still pretty satisfying it's still, yeah, it's a fun game the problem with playing a game like that online is that i am absolutely terrible at them and can never do anything but it's like it's an even battle you want to want i'm like that's not even battle because i have not played these for like 10 years i don't I, feel I like my ass handed to me no doubt <laughs> It's all right. All you need to do is go on Crystream when they play it, play against them, because Cinnamon <laughs> Toast Ken is garbage. He's terrible at it. Uh, so is Cry. So you go in there. I hadn't played a Tekken game in 15 years, and I bodied Cinnamon Toast Ken, and I'm never going to let him forget it. <laughs> never going to happen. Proud There's as a lot of good quotes in there. There's a lot of good quotes in there, I feel like. You can remix that into a Cinnamon Toast Ken is garbage. He's garbage. <laughs> He's garbage. Boom. I, I, yep. Yeah, I, There's that's, that's another a, quote. That's, that's another quote. Accent, Put in the right? remix. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, this is not too bad. It's been weird getting back to that, but hey, we'll see. Oh, uh, I was about to say that there was a Vita game that was upcoming, and I couldn't find the name for it, and I was really excited. Liar. By it. Liar. There are no Vita games. But that's it was it was coming out on PS4 and Vita, and I've been looking for it for just this whole time. I'm like, I will find this game because it sounds really interesting. And I've literally less than like two weeks ago they cancelled the Vita version. Ah, well, there's yeah. a isn't there a game that came out today on Vita? God, God Wars Future Past? Didn't that yes. come out on Vita today? Yeah, yeah, I think it I'm not sure if it's today, but it's yes, you're right, it is today. Uh NIS America game. It's a tactical tactics RPG. Yeah, man. Vita. Right. Vita with the big hits. Yeah. Had, big so, right, this, this game I was excited for is called City Shrouded in Shadow. And okay. it is like, it's a it's a massive monster attacks a city. And you place one tiny little squishy human on the floor. 
and you have to survive the kaiju attack. Okay. That's fun. That's neat. And, and they the video They've got lots of licensed stuff. There's going to be like Godzilla and stuff roaming around the place. Oh, that's neat. It sounds really neat. And it, I was like, that sounds like the perfect. I would like, I could actually turn my feet around for once. I'm so excited. And then it was like, no. Well, the answer is you buy the PS4 version, you remote play the fucker. Because if you, don't, if you never leave the house, you don't need to worry about there being a Vita version. Just remote play it. That's all I do <laughs> with any game. It's like a PS4 version is a Vita version because I don't leave the house. It's perfect. <laughs> and then you also have the added benefit of not leaving your house. Absolutely. Yeah. Double yeah. bonus. Double it's, bonus. One is, keep, one is feeding the other. It's good. <laughs> uh, I, I still get salty about the Vita. It's like Sony's stupid decisions doomed the thing. And they could have come back from it. They really could have. It's people will they still want a nice handheld and there's still a lot of Vita owners and you just you're not throwing them a bone. Just cut the fucking price of the goddamn memory cards. Announce some cool fucking games for it. Cut the price of the existing shit and just go. What what do you got to lose? Just fund like a whole big pile of little interesting things for it. Yes. Nothing like big and AAA. Just go like just a handful of small, interesting things that you make Vita exclusive. People go, "Oh, that looks nice. That's weird." I've got an erotic anime novella to sell you if you That's, want in. To be fair, what well, most of the Vita libraries been over the last couple of years. It would be new. It'd be it it, it you know it'd be about Actually, YouTubers. Jess, you have realized it's I'm not Dodger. You realized I'm not Dodger. I just, I'm, I'm in the seat, but I'm not actually. Dan Jerk, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Danger, whoa, Danger. Whoa, calm down, Danger. <laughs> yeah, throw, um, throw another Patapon on the thing. Throw another Loco Roco on the thing. Throw another that's Tear all, that's, away They're on just the taking that to the PS4. Like you on there. You on there. Is the Crash Bandicoot stuff coming to Vita? No. Nope. I mean, I think, oh, damn it. I think there's proof that uh, Patapon and Loco Roco doesn't sell Vitas. I think we have actual <laughs> no. proof of that. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> you may very well be right. There was never a Vita. Patapon was there. They were all PSP. PSP. You can play them oh, all on right. Vita, of course. But yeah, they never released a Vita version of it. Huh. It's like, God, it, it's such a nice little fucking machine. The screen's so nice. It's got two analog sticks that don't give you a horrible hand cramp. In the right place. Yes. It's a fucking design for a human being. Nintendo, I don't play a console like this. What are you... <laughs> oh, dear. That's such a shame. Yeah. Oh well. They'll probably never do a handheld again, which is a shame. They did say recently that that's kind of that's that they have no interest in it anymore. I mean, they had no interest in then. They just did it anyway. It's like they keep <laughs> they keep making good, good. You know, they, they Sony has made several good handhelds. The PSP was a fucking good handheld. So the juicy the controller. It all PS- is great. Go. That's my favorite. The PSP Go. It's this big and it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a nice design. Holding out thing, yeah. It's so comfortable. It's like one of the only handles to ever. It's compared to Nintendo Squares. Did you not get this with the NES controller? Like that rectangle, everyone hated it. Why are you still making Every just- Nintendo machine is hand cramp city for me. I can't yeah. fucking deal with it. Any Nintendo handheld, none of them seem to be designed for my hands. The Switch is the worst. It's just the placement. Having analog sticks directly below the things, you can't... Yeah, thumbs don't hinge that way. No, they don't. How many thumbs hinge? So you can be double jointed. It's like, this is this is not a comfortable thing. Yeah. I have to, like, shuffle it around about that bloody Zelda thing. Oh, Valkyria Revolution's actually coming to Vita. That's coming out next week. I've been... I was playing Valkyria Chronicles on 
just the original version because two was on PSP and it was more animeified and high school nonsense. The first one was great, and I just play the uh, I play it on remote play. And but apparently, yeah, Revolution is coming to Vita. I don't know how well it's gonna work compared to the PS4 version. I'm gonna go with not very, but that's yeah. another problem the Vita had was stuff like when they remade uh, they did the remakes of um, Jack and Daxter, mm-hmm. put them on there. They run at like fifteen to twenty frames per second consistently. Yeah, they are the worst ports of anything I've ever played. Locked at fifteen. That's that's what they advertise. Locked at fifteen. God, <laughs> rock solid at fifteen. Smooth. Rock solid at fifteen. Considering the power of the damn thing, yeah, it was just a lot of poorly done ports. Didn't help it at all. Yeah, they tried to get a lot of stuff on there, just not a lot of quality stuff, and they didn't oh, really get man. Stuff there's a there's a warriors port warriors all stars coming 2017 to the vita watch out now games on the vita actually they, <laughs> you don't even know i'm so excited for that one if i owned yeah. a vita i'd play it on there <laughs> if i owned a vita i'd play it but don't yeah. don't don't you guys want the switch to just sort of be the new vita well no. I, I mean that thing's hand cramped city for me as well it, it's, it's, too pa- it's literally too painful to play it's my, my, it, any game, like if you're playing a game that just needs the D-pad and the face buttons, absolutely fine. I can play Tetris and Puyo Pop all day, every day. But something like Zelda, where you need to switch between the two, like you do in any kind of actual game, is a nightmare. It's a nightmare of pain, and it just—it's actual agony to play those games. So you're saying that you do not want your games to cause you pain? No, preferably if we can avoid uh, that. Yeah. That will be. I nice. don't understand that position at all. How else do you know that you're alive? Then I can't figure <laughs> you guys out. I just okay, said. Lincoln Park, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. Hold on, guys. I've got to get emotional for a minute. Uh, yeah. Oh well. Hey. Yes. Before we break, can I tell you about another game that I, I mean, saw you, that I really, you, really like? Yes. Yes. Why not? Yeah. Uh, it's called The Pillars of Earth. Ooh, based Um, on the novel by Sapphire? It is, in fact, uh, based, but not by Sapphire, (laughs) but based on the novel. And uh, (laughs) uh, so this is, how do I describe this game? Um, It was really, I originally was pitched into going to this meeting uh, based off the fact that it was like, yeah, it's a game about building a cathedral. And I was like, what the, all right, I guess I'll go look. And I showed up, it's way cooler. Uh, It's essentially a... Imagine if someone combined the game mechanics of something like um, Oxen for Your Life is Strange or one of those games where you make really quick choices, uh, but not like the Telltale style way, but like, you know, those, the Telltale the 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 style way. It, it's in like that, the, the other like Oxen Free and, and those games. And uh, you play three different characters uh, during the uh, English Middle Ages. Is this and, a David Cage game? Because it's starting to sound like a David Cage no, game. No, 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 no. It's not. Like, <laughs> basically, basically, you're playing as a young... It takes place over 40 years, and you play as a young boy who, like, grows up in the wild. You play as a noble woman who loses all of her money and uh, refuses to give up, so she makes, like, a wool-selling industry, like, creates this huge industry herself. And then <laughs> the monk who runs this monastery that becomes this giant cathedral. And it's, like, their story's intersecting, and it was really cool. Uh, I love games where the decisions have like the game itself was like Game of Thrones minus the magic is what it is what it was like and I was like I'm in I love insane violence and like realism to the next level where it's like they had people consult with them about what the Middle Ages was actually like 
And so, uh, yeah, like one of the storylines is straight up a baby is abandoned in the woods because the mom dies and the dad doesn't want to raise it. Mm. Like that classic like, Middle Ages. Classic Middle Ages. Like it's it was it's a really compelling game. I loved every story bit in it. Uh, I can't wait till it comes out. I, I am really excited. And apparently, yeah, the book it's based off of is like one of the most popular books in the world. I had no clue. And uh, the author of the book is involved. And so this is, I'm, I'm all for experiencing a book through video gaming. I'll do that. <laughs> and, the, and I guess the, the whole idea is because you can change everything. People that may die in the book could live in the, in the game or vice versa, or you could follow the path that some of the characters take, or you could do all sorts of different things. And I'm totally down for that. I, I love that. Um, Sounds rad. And yeah, chat, it, it is a little depressing. It's the Middle Ages. <laughs> they oh, were it was a happy, wonderful time. place where everyone was dancing around maples and roasting pigs on a spit. Yeah. And that's just now. That's just what we do now. Really? Rex is taking his toll, man. It's all we have left. It's all we have left are maples. Maples and pigs on spits. As far as the eye can see. <laughs> a lot more pig spitting than there used to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Let's take a break, won't come back. News and all that sort of stuff. And releases for what there is of them this week, which is surprisingly few. I think the post E3 malaise continues on the releases, but I don't have anything particularly exciting for a while. But are well, you watching the Corruptional Podcast, which is never particularly exciting to begin with? We'll be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Corruptional Dogcast. <laughs> we have cut to dog successfully. Look at that thing. Isn't it amazing? It's the best thing that exists. Aww. Look ah. at it. There's a second one. There's a second one behind it. They're multiplying. There are two it, dogs. Before our eyes. This is the best two. day ever. <laughs> this is Matilda. Over there is Reagan. That That yeah. is fantastic. They're German shepherds. They're cute and they can rip your face off. I yes, they you, can. You, oh, you can. Who can rip off a face? You can. Okay, you can rip off a face. See you later. This podcast just became 300% better. There we go. <laughs> that's a quantifiable number right there. Indeed. That's it. That's statistically provably by science. You can't yep. with it. <laughs> you know what else is provable by science? Take two uh -oh. or a sack of dicks. Yeah! Provable by science. So, uh, recent controversy, which they, they sort of, I feel like they tried to do this around E3, hoping that all of the other gaming news may distract from it. That didn't work. Take-Two decided to issue a cease and desist to something called Open 4. Open 4 is really important to modding for GTA 4, 5, and Max Payne 3. Yes, apparently there are mods for Max Payne 3 for the three people that still play it. Incredibly important. A ton of mods are based off this framework. Disabling it essentially kneecaps the GTA single-player modding scene. The excuse that was given by Take-Two was that apparently this mod maliciously interferes with gta online and can be used to harass players of gta online yep. so there's a recent it's recent that this mod has done that so they it's claim yeah, that it enables thing. certain recent mods that do this uh, rockstar also also issued a statement on it that was pseudo apologetic but not saying oh well take two did this well i know the fact by the way that rockstar is a subsidiary of take two so effectively the same company anyway so you can't say well it's not rockstar's fault because they're the same bloody company so it doesn't <laughs> matter they said oh well it's unfortunate but this happens you know we we didn't mean to target single player modding even though open four is literally only used for that 
And the developers of Open 4 responded, saying essentially that Rockstar are well aware, they are well aware that you cannot access GTA Online when you have any Open 4 mod installed in any way. They basically mm. said they know that this statement is false. they just wrong and they know it, according to the developer. Open 4 does not allow or support any kind of GTA Online modding. We always supported Rockstar in their right to protect GTA Online from hacks and cheats, but Take-Two Season Desist was specific for taking out single-player mod with no mention of GTA Online at all. And the, thing the, I, the thing I can't figure out is what's their motivation then? Because... GTA 4 continues to sell a bajillion D copies every month. And I think a big reason for that, and I think they know a big reason for that, is the modding community. I think mm -hmm. there's definitely a reason for that. The problem that I think, the reason why I think they've done this has nothing to do with GTA 4. It's all to do with GTA 5 and their shark card business model. Mm -hmm. So according to industry analyst Michael Pachter, who sometimes right, sometimes wrong, but generally worth listening to, they are making over $250 million a year on shark cards alone. Jesus. As in, they, they, it is a wow. huge part of Take-Two's income stream. Absolutely massive. Continues to be the case. And let if you look at all the development of content for GTA 5 outside of the PC release, which obviously upgraded it for PS4 and consoles as well with the first-person mode and stuff, they have done nothing on the single-player front at all. Every piece of content has been online. Remember, this comes after what a week or two after the Take Two CEO came out and said, "We're under monetizing our users." Uh, yeah, yes, he actually said that during a shareholders exactly, meeting, if yeah. I recall correctly. It's like we could get more money out of them. More wood to chop, I think is what he said. Yeah. Wow, you really? Are... More wood to chop. That's a, yeah. that's quite a phrase. They can be squeezed wow. tighter, and more yeah. stuff will fall out of them. I promise. Yeah. This this game is a rich person's playground. Now, yeah. it, they are. If you want to own a bunch of supercars and crazy shit, you can do it. But the grind is so ridiculous that mm -hmm. in order to get there, you're, you have to basically buy shark cards. And the recent update, which, by the way, sounded great. Like, it's not like the content they're bringing out for GTA Online isn't good. What I've seen about the gun running update, where you can have a mobile HQ, which is a giant truck that you could customize with your own command center and crazy leather chairs and stuff. You can launch cars out the back of it. You can arm a convoy of vehicles to fight off the police with fucking yep. truck-mounted rocket launchers. That's amazing. How many shark cards do I have to buy to be able to do that? If that was in single player, I'd be playing the fuck out of that right now. Yep. I mean, you could mod it in. Oh wait. Yeah, that's the. That's the if you if the you spin in it, if you use a spawner mod just to spawn in the cars, because the actual when they get a car in the in the online, they don't put it in the single player. They did when it was only on the PS3. As soon as you hit the PS4, nothing came out. The the Hydra, the hover, the the jump jet, the Harrier doesn't actually work in the single. You can't unlock it in the single player in any way. That is locked to the online mode, unless you spawn it in. So you could use your little trainer mod and spawn it in. Uh, after a patch quite a while ago, when you spawned it in, it, it would then do a check. Anytime it spawned a car, it would check to make sure it's not an online car and it would despawn it. Bastard. So, it, so you need to have uh, two mods. You need your little trainer mod and then another mod to say, just get rid of that. Just get rid of that little thing there. And so I think the reason they're attacking single-player mods is because single-player mods are taking the DLC out of the place where it can make money and into a yes. place where it's fun for the users. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely believe that. They are viewing these single-player mods as 
a deterrent to go online and spend a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. I, I, people in chat are telling me, you know, I, I don't, I don't play GTA very much, but that originally the most expensive cars in the online mode were like one million dollars. There are stuff that costs five million plus dollars. If you want to shark card your way to that, that would cost you. I'm looking at the um, the increments of shark cards. You would need oh, to boy. buy a ninety nine dollar shark card for eight million dollars. I've done this. In currency. So like, I've that's a seventy dollar in game car. I spent my 2.5 million subscriber special on a feature-length episode where I t uh, my, uh, the, my PR guy, Matt, he played the game and tried to grind up as much money as he possibly could in two hours. And I basically, we, we set up as a challenge, but I then started spending in-game money. I spent 240 real pounds on that goddamn game. And all I had in the end was I had a tower where I could launch more missions that just get a bit more money. Some a yacht that was pretty much exactly the same thing. It was just things to get more money. Nothing's ever anything. It I just think what money two hundred forty dollars, two hundred forty pounds is what like six hundred forty-seven thousand U.S. dollars. It, would, it was before yeah. Brexit. Now it's yeah, about yeah, yeah. three. It's about three fifty. Now it's about two forty. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's not 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 good. Uh, it, like when I say it was a rich person's playground, it reminds me of Second Life. It reminds me of the stuff that was being done by Linden Labs, where people were buying and selling pieces of in-game content and real estate. And yeah, but they were buying and selling like cool things like dicks and like boobs <laughs> with dicks on them. And this is yeah, hard. dick boobs, dick boobs. Is it? Do these cars, these DLC cars, are becoming essential? Like the most recent update, the gun running thing has added a motorbike that can fly and fire missiles, and every toss has got one. That's almost as good as a dick boob, almost. <laughs> That's like right, and that's the, like that's like three quarters of a dick boob. Yeah, on the dick boob scale, yeah. on the Cox dick boob scale, that is about the three Cox quarters of a dick boob. boob scale. Are we back to giant cock again? Is that what's happening? Uh, We're never going to escape it. The, the business model is just insanely exploitative. I have no problem with paying for DLC, paying for post-launch content, and pay to skip in certain situations is okay. It's far more okay in a free-to-play game, not a $60 title. But the level that they've done it with, this seems obnoxiously high. The yeah, um, sheer amount of play you'd have to do to get one of these things is astronomical. The really, really thing that annoys me is the goddamn game is called Grand Theft Auto, and they're focusing on buying cars. Buying shit instead that of actually stealing so it. Much. No, no, it's it's Grand Theft User is what it is. Indeed. It's, oh, it it's really the is. only people committing Grand Theft and fucking larceny are Take Two and Rockstar at this point. Ooh. On their the users. Dark. The snark art strikes again. Indeed. <laughs> Professor of the snark arts. Professor Matt. of the snark arts. I'm having my guy design that t-shirt right now. It's happening. He used his Patronus that yeah. time. Ooh. <laughs> yes, the, the magic word of the day is dick fuck. Emphasis on the dick. The dick is the trick. Dick fuck. I stole that directly from ProZD. There you go. There's the credit there. Not my joke. Never was. I don't have any jokes. I steal them from pe other people. It is obnoxious. It's horrendous. It's anti-consumer. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to let Rockstar get away with it. And I say Rockstar on purpose because you don't get to say Rockstar. No, they have nothing to do with it. It's all take two. Subsidiary! <laughs> Same company! <laughs> Can't get away with that. Not okay. And don't tell me that Rockstar don't have enough influence to stop this shit. They are maybe the most profitable developer on the planet. They are the golden goose that keeps laying these eggs. Yes, if they wanted to stop this, they could. They have no interest in doing it because they know where the bread is buttered now. They know where that money is coming from. Shark mm -hmm. cards. 
And anything that is dissuading users from buying those goddamn shark cards is something that they don't want anymore. They don't want it anywhere. They didn't and even release single player DLC that they were working on and as far as we can tell was pretty much done. Because we've had a few little leaks about what they go on. They had like a single player DLC that tied in with the storyline. It was like an extension, an extra bit of the storyline. But they also had like a Red Dead uh, Undead Nightmare kind of thing. But with aliens, like Chillad would be exploded and there'd be an alien spaceship Sounds in it. Fun. And there was stuff like that that we're hearing like leaks and rumors about that, that was pretty much ready to go. And then you'd have this alternate version of playing online or whatever. They went, nah, let's have a motorbike that fucks around in space. And yeah, because the more single player stuff you put out for that game, the less people play the online mode and buy shark cards. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. It's, yep, so it's obvious. It's it's there's not some evil secret scheme that requires much figuring out. It's obvious. This is where the money's coming from. They want to make sure anything in the way of that gets annihilated, and that includes single player modding. Yeah, which they've they've got it slightly further than most people have noticed because they've taken out open four, which takes away most if you're changing something and putting a new car in or whatever. But if you want to train the mod to work, you need script hook. That's the one that works. That's the one that'll get you all your trainers and just like manipulating how the game works. That script hook hasn't been updated for the, the gun running mod. Nobody takes about two to three days. It's been seven days with nothing. That's a suspect. Do you think that they may have been CND and possibly NDA in the ah, process? Ah, looked into it. Okay. Script hook is made by, I think his name was Alexander Blade, who also makes Open 4. Oh, you it's think both are affected? Ouch. I think they might have taken out both, which is a complete gutting of, that's it. That's single player modding gone. Fucking hell. Yeah, so they've taken out a few more things. They've taken out Menu, which was a, a good single-player thing. It had two modes, Menu. Apparently, they launched an online man. And I don't, if, they, if it's something that manipulates you online, I don't mind them seeing being that. If it's messing with that, then that's fine to get rid of. But the single-player portion of Menu, which doesn't touch the online, is one of the best spawners ever. Like You can like be like, it's raining meteorites now. Here's a gun that lets you swap places with the person you shoot. And it's got loads of really cool, interesting stuff like that in it. And that's gone. That's been seen, indeed. Again, if they're taking out the online manipulate stuff, they can go for that. But this single player stuff that they're seeing at the moment it has nothing to do with it. Right. There's no connection. That's all it's doing. Yeah, I, it's a bullshit statement. It's a lie. It's that simple. <laughs> they are straight up flagrantly lying, and they know they can get away with it because that game is still going to make money hand over fist. They, they, this is what happens when you put a company in an untouchable position. They will pull this, and yeah, there's been a massive backlash online that buried the Steam game in negative reviews and anything else associated with Take-Two and Rockstar. Doesn't matter. Uh, you know, the gun running update came out, the player base went up, because of course it did. It's a brand new update. Like, I feel like attacking the, the Steam store page is a useful thing, especially against Rockstar, because they care about the quality of their game. They care about being critically acclaimed. I'm sure they do. They the problem is do. they're just, they're just going to point to their Metacritic score and like oh this is what ign said five years ago about Mm. our game not what recent steam users are doing now it's good as a warning it's good about getting the word out as future practices but like ultimately the install base for that game is so vast now that it's not relevant it's the the fourth best-selling game of all time yeah gta 5 it's It's yeah two million away from beating wii sports which it will destroy which was a pack with a goddamn console (laughs) above that is like super mario and above that is tetris that's it that's all it's got above it yeah. And nothing beats Tetris. Tetris beat you. Tetris cross capitalist pig dog. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd love to say there was something we could do about it, but there really isn't. Like, you know, just know that 
despite what Rockstar has said in the past, like, hey, we love modding back when, you know, they showcase a few GTA 4 mods. Their actions and Take-Two's actions are very clearly indicated that they do not. Yeah. You know, judge companies by their actions, not their fucking words. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those statements mean nothing. And they straight up lied when they said, oh, it's fucking with on light. Like, if it was, you could have pointed to an example. If it Anything. was, talk to the developers of the mod and, and go, it's really popular thing you got, but they're getting in this way. They would totally go, oh, no, we'll fix that. Yeah, we they went out of their way. Immediately. Like, they went out of their way to ensure that it didn't do that. Yeah, but they, they've always said that as well. It's not a thing they're doing, saying now they've been CND. They've always said, we've tried really hard to make sure this doesn't interfere because yeah. we don't want to step on any toes. We, wanna, we love the game. We want to support Rockstar. And this is how Rockstar repaid them all. Bastards is how I would describe them. Complete <laughs> bastards. If you don't think Red Dead 2 is going to have some sort of stupid online mode with, I don't know, dollary dues or whatever they did. Cowboy Dollary dues, they are. Dollary dues. Dollary dues? You get $500,000 dollary dues. You get a flying horse that has rocket launchers on it. Or something along those lines. using the Wild West with Australia? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's almost the same. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, one one has no drop bears. The other has drop bears. Yeah. Boomerang mode's going to be so amazing. All the koalas. It's going to yeah. be great. Both right? involve the indiscriminate murder of native peoples. Yeah. So it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would okay. pay for Australia Nightmare DLC where everything just becomes Australia. Australian Nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, as long as when I, and kangaroos everywhere. As long as when I buy dollary dues, it goes. You actually have to buy that DLC separate. That's the, <laughs> that's the unfortunate. It's thing. an announcer pack. Yes, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. Uh, all right, moving on to from awful to a bit weird. Probably still awful. So Atari is going to release a new console. They have said this. They're back in the hardware business, according to the company's Frederick yeah. Chenet. They're making an Atari box, a retro-styled console said to be powered by PC technology. So, a PC. But, like, what is on the Atari box? Atari things? Nobody Ataris. knows. Other Ataris? Yeah. Does it come with a cool, ironic Atari t-shirt? Because I wear uh, that. Apparently, it has yeah. a wood grain finish. Ooh, it's clearly going to be. Wow, that's it's clearly going to be one of these uh, retro things. It's going to be a PC that plays uh, ROMs of the old twenty six hundred and so fifty two hundred games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's going to. They're going to sell it to you for fifty bucks, and you're going to be able to buy it in a store. And it's going to be adorable and small, and it's going to look exactly like a twenty six hundred. And I'm going to want it because I wow. actually had a twenty six hundred when I was a kid. Because I'm older than you guys, and. Uh, the issue uh, of the 2600 versus, like, the NES is that the NES had good games on it. <laughs> shut, shut your mouth! Damn. Oh, is, I, I, I can't I, think I, of anything. I, Not a damn thing and now on the we 2600 wait, that I want to play now. Pac-Man? You want to play a little Ms. Pac-Man? <laughs> Not the Atari version, no! It was the worst thing of all time! How much play a little, money uh, lost them? You want to play a little, uh, your little, little Pitfall 2? A little Pitfall 2 is pretty great. Not really! Little, uh, Little uh, uh, E.T., little uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> Jedi <laughs> lightsaber trainer. Little, that. Uh, sword that. Quest. Sword Quest that I, I, I would play for hours and get about two and a half minutes into the game. because. Okay, I play one game. There's one game I'd play. Xenophobe. I'd play uh, about... Xenophobe. No, not like Warlords. I don't like foreign people. <laughs> no, there was a game called uh, Xenophobe on the Atari 2600, uh, which was a really cool alien shooter game. 
Warlords with the four quadrants in the corners, played with the paddles. Amazing. Uh, what else did I play on that stupid thing? Missile Command. Missile Command, yeah. Okay. Little Missile Command. Yeah, no, you're right. There's not a very many good games. No, on them. Okay. They don't hold up. It's that simple. No. Berserk. It's a, it's a strange, strange... The problem is all those games, they were, they were trying to mimic... Uh, arcade games, which it was difficult to do in the home the back then. Yeah. And now we can, you know, we can just play the ROMs of the actual arcade games well, yeah. uh, of all that stuff. So I mean, there's yeah, a better it's... version of every 2600 game on something. Yeah. You're not so, wrong. You're not wrong. Maybe people buy this thing just so they can gut whatever is inside it, maybe replace it with a Raspberry Pi 3 or something and make an emulation box out of it with a nice wood grain finish. I can't imagine that the hardware in it is going to be worth a snuff of any sort really well i don't know how they even i mean the 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 rights for all those old games is a nightmare oh, it's God. a okay. it's a minefield of of crazy so i even think having those old games playable on the thing would probably be a a, a stretch so i don't yeah. know how many even of those you know because the rights are owned by a bunch of companies that don't even exist anymore and there's yeah. a lot of you know Technically, Atari's not the same company that it was, you know. It was bought right, by somebody else. Sure. Yeah. But I have a fond memory of that machine, and so a tiny, tiny, adorable version of it on my shelf, I, on a shelf. I almost would do that just yeah. for that. Not plugging it into anything. Just right. have it on a shelf. That sounds, that sounds okay. That sounds reasonable. Better that than having to actually play an Atari. <laughs> Did Atari, like, offend you in some way recently? Yeah, what happened They're to you in Atari? Rubbish. <laughs> They're rubbish. This is it was the it was the early dude. 90s we were dating and then got crazy like, I, I just don't want to talk about Atari anymore a lot of old consoles <laughs> and still find something that I would actually play and enjoy to this day but the Atari does not have a game like that <laughs> it well, was you were, old. you were it's fortunate that you that you came of age in a time when when video games were better than the Atari but those not of us by that much. had we I started on the BBC Micro Model B which had uh, a ton of shit on it as well you know the the time uh, of the, the Sinclair ZX Spectrum the nice. Acorn Archimedes yep. I, uh, I had was... those I I didn't have a console till I was like 14 it was all like BBC Micros Acorn Archimedes uh, and then a PC and all that kind of stuff and they had their own they had plenty of shit on them no doubt I played the shitty ass version of Pac-Man where he was actually a square and he would just go like this and I <laughs> thought it was the greatest thing ever because I didn't have to put a quarter into it. That's what the new one will have. That's the new Atari box. <laughs> put a quarter it in it. It will have microtransactions built into oh, the box. God. There you go. You need to buy like some, some shark like, cards for it. Some weird seedy looking guy comes around every fortnight to empty it. He just takes it out and makes all the money away. God damn. <laughs> That's the future of games. Yep. We have <laughs> lost. Video games are over. I do, I do think the name Atari should have a comeback it's a great name it has wonderful nostalgia and it would be great if that name could live on in some way like you know like jesse's talking about uh t-shirts it sells t-shirts for sure it would. yeah mm -hmm. it's in the new uh blade runner is there's yeah. a giant atari logo i was more hyped about that i was like oh look what they're doing <laughs> so, yeah outside of that not a great deal going on. Uh, we know the Steam sales kicking off in a couple of days. Uh, various leaks have indicated that Thursday will be the day. So don't, don't buy anything, buy anything now. Take two. Don't buy anything. Take two. They'll have ten percent off shark cards. It'll be fine. Everyone will buy them. Everyone Think will all forget. the savings. Indeed. Oh my god, I hate everything. <laughs> yes, I hate the universe. 
Jesus. Oh, did you see somebody beat threes? Yeah. I thought that I was did. so awesome. Yeah. Took somebody three beat, years. It's three point three three years exactly. Well, t- technically, somebody did the math, and it's actually three point three six. But stop ruining it. Uh, yeah, it ruins it. Math just gets in the way. We don't need history. It's way more fun. It's three point three three. That's how it will be for all time. I'm gonna round it down using. But math. like, isn't a six two threes? Oh, meow, 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 meow. Think about Perfect. it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that game I-, I was addicted to for I think what well, we were all addicted to it for like two months. Threes and, is fucking great. Yeah. But uh, the fact that people are still playing it is amazing. And the fact that th- that has been sitting there, lying there, waiting in, in, in dormant, waiting for someone to find it, unlock it. If you guys watch that video, the finishing animation that happens is uh, amazing and awesome. Yep. It's an adorable little thing. It's like little puppies' heads go show up and they do a dance. It's amazing. Uh, it's that game uh, the story of that i will be forever salty over it's an example of an incredible concept who someone else nicked straight up made a worse game with and threes basically got ignored because woe betide anyone actually pays for things on mobile threes is a beautiful game that i'd recommend to everybody and it's far far fucking superior to 2048 in terms of both design and aesthetic but also should be the number in the title it's way bigger in 2048 okay yeah <laughs> it's also really hard to do what that guy did. Like the, it, it's no coincidence that it took three years because it is really fucking hard to get the combinations right to get to where he did to combine to the what was it like twenty three thousand something was the number that he got. Yeah. You got to really think to do that as well. You know, if you do twenty four forty eight, the corner spamming bullshit exploit, because again, that game is far too simple, and they didn't think that through compared to threes which actually requires a degree of intelligence to play properly it's not even close it's it's awesome that someone finally did it and that hopefully this means a few more people will buy threes because it's great and amazing in every way fantastic fucking puzzle game agreed yep <clears throat> i think that's about it for news can't think of anything else unless anyone's uh, got a topic they'd love to toss in the ring anything that uh... burning desire we got a bit more information on how Beyond uh, Good and Evil 2 is going to work. All right. Let's talk a little you mean about how that. it's going to work in six years when it comes out? Yeah. Because yeah, it's like No Man's Sky, but cities develop and can be destroyed. And there's like a thousand. They built like they but keep comparing it to No Man's Sky. Which they need to stop doing. That's a terrible it, it, idea. Yeah. But it's like it builds like this, this set of systems and all the systems have cities on it and all the cities can be destroyed and they grow and they think, and they've spent like years and years building the tech for this. So the game is actually basically now day zero of production. Like they're starting Beyond Good and Evil 2 now. So yeah, but they got a monkey to swear, so that's pretty cool. The monkey's not in the game. Apparently that's representing the player character. You can so, you play as a monkey? You can play oh, as a monkey. A you swearing can... monkey? Press, press X to swear. I'm in. I don't need to press X. I'll do it myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I really think that people need to slow their roll on excitement for this thing because yeah. uh, many years away. Many, Massively many, many. ambitious. It, it, not it, it exactly is... what we played that in the first place. Yeah. No, it, it, I don't... In the first place. The first, beyond good and evil... I don't know how and in what way this relates to that, except a title and people's hype there's a for pig, it. There's a pig thing. Both games have a pig thing. You have to, uh, there's a pig. There's a pig man. It's, yep. it's just it's just so. a set in the world thing. 
That's all it is. It's set in the same universe. It's kind of, apparently the story is going to be about um, how humanity came to accept the animal people. And it's that level of acceptance building up. Yeah, but like, what if I just want to play Jade again and go back to that story? And take go some pictures. On Good one, then. Yeah, and just take photos and bring down bad guys. Too bad. I haven't got anywhere. It's still there. <gasps> what? <laughs> I'm a monkey now. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Now you're getting it. Yeah, now I got it. <laughs> I'm not overly concerned about that. I never had any real attachment to Jade as a character or the story <gasps> of that. Monster. I, I really did, care. you monster. I was like 15 years old, you know, and ultimately also sold badly. So I was like, well, why didn't you do that again? Because it sold terribly and right. doomed the franchise to 15 years of limbo. That's why. I'm still waiting for the sequel to 13. That game was the shit. 14? That was good. Yeah, I remember that. That had a, that a was... fucking awesome comic book style aesthetic to it. Yeah. It's brutal as well. It's proper stealth, first person, and really hard. That was like in the era when people were like, oh my God, we can do cell shaded. Let's do a cell shaded everything. Yeah. yeah. Hey, with first person shooter, we can cell shade good. that. You know, most cell shaded games look like us. That one looked pretty good. It, they used the comic book thing because like, instead of hearing a guard through a wall, you saw the little like text going clump, 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 appearing yeah. through the wall to detect enemies. That was cool. I will give you guys 13 if you will give me a No One Lives Forever sequel. Oh, yeah. Come on, bring it on. Absolutely. That's yeah. stuck in uh, License Hell, unfortunately. That's I why know, I can't even release the other versions were, again. Those Fucking games incredible. Fucking yeah. awesome. No One Lives Forever 2 is one of the best FPS ever made. It's amazing. God, I want to play it again. And there's nowhere to buy it because it's in limbo. That's literally one of the games you have to pirate. There's no other way to get it. Don't even know if it works on Windows 10. Probably doesn't. Nope. That's depressing. <laughs> Come on, good old games, get on it. Yeah. They, can't, they can't do anything about it. You know, the, the, the it's in rights hell. They can't get it. It's whoever owns it has no intention of letting anybody else see it. So I uh, don't know. That's take sad. two. I'm gonna say it now. We'll just play that. Probably is. Play everything's everything wrong with the gaming universe is now Take Two's fault. Oh wow, that's a great rule. Let's keep yep. that as a rule. Yep, the rule of two. It's <laughs> there must be a master and an apprentice. Take two always, monster. Always. Sith yeah. Empire. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the background, EA's in a black robe watching this all go down like <laughs> yes. Yes. Ubisoft has the robe on backwards. I can't see anything. What's happening? <laughs> Just bumping into the walls. Yeah. EA's like, oh, <laughs> Ubisoft is the Jar Jar Binks of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to buy this car. Ah, very expensive. I have 3,000 Republic credits. Your Republic credits are no good here. Give me some shots. Is he Watto? Ah. Is he yeah. Watto? Like, no one could beat Zimorba. <laughs> Give me the shot guards. Ah, 8 million shot guards. <laughs> Your Jedi mind trick don't work on me any. <laughs> Mods? Ah, I was like, not here. I was like, they secretly made Watto like one of the most powerful creatures in the entire <laughs> right? universe. Yeah. Like Jedi mind trick is he's just impervious to it. <laughs> Jedi mind yeah. just don't work on me, but you know, make that dice roll over there, and I'll totally fall for it. Though that's okay. <laughs> he also flies, so I mean, he's the perfect species. He, you can't, he's he's amazing. I'm going to use my powers to own a junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> Nico, it's your cousin. Why don't you take me bowling? <laughs> cousin Nico. He drives on. <laughs> oh, yeah. dear.
Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it for news. Yeah. Honestly, anything of importance. It's a quiet week. But we've had enough, frankly, when it comes to news. <laughs> no news is good news right now. There's still too much shit to catch up from E3. I'm still finding out about games that I didn't get the chance to look at at E3. Like, The Hunt, for instance. Crytex The Hunt looks yeah, pretty looks really fucking good. awesome. Uh, I am very afraid it's going to go the way of Evolve. It's like, oh, interesting asymmetrical game mode? Yeah, it's going to die. <laughs> they pretty much all do. That's going to be I mean, a hard they, sell. They have to turn the entire game into DLC and sell it separately first, because that's what Evolve did. It's true enough. Blame take many two. other reasons. Many other reasons that that went to hell. But yeah, yeah that, looks, that looks really cool. I hope it does well because original game modes are few and far between these days, and every game that does it seems to fucking die. Uh, <laughs> which is sad. Oh well. Releases. Let's move on Yay! to that. There's not really a huge amount of exciting stuff this week. Although, if you happen to be a fan of Twin Sticks, today mm. is apparently the fucking day for Twin Stick shooters. Good lord. Three oh, of I've them. Been, I've been playing that today. Next Machina a bunch. Love yeah, that. Yeah, I've heard good things about Next Machina. Ah, that is out so today good. on PC, PlayStation 4 as well. I, it looked a bit... I mean, it reminded me a little bit of Geometry Wars, a little bit of Alien Nation. Isn't the dev from a uh, Alien Nation, guys? The They teamed... It's uh, Housemark. The guys did Rezogun and uh, Matterfall and, and Alien Nation, yeah. And uh, they teamed up with uh, Eugene... What's his name? Uh, the, the guy who, like, did Defender and Super Smash... Uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, Smash TV, Super Smash uh -huh. TV, and... Yeah. Uh, like all those old games, like Robotron, like he had a hand in all those old games and they teamed up with him and dude, the game is amazing. It's all voxels. So it looks crazy. Uh, I, I've been having so much fun with this one. It's really good. Yeah. Like I've heard it described as like pure high school attack game. Yeah. Like if, if that, that is what you're into, this is the game for you. That was never really something I really cared about too much. I'll give it a shot though. I mean, it looks fucking phenomenal. It, yeah. Visually it just dazzles. It's really good. Yeah. That's out today. It's available on Steam. There's another one I'd like to point out that I got to play a while ago, about a year ago, uh, Cryptarch. Uh, yeah. Alien Trap yeah. made it. Uh, that is a... It's a Metroidvania-y, roguelite-y space mech game, in which you go into these procedurally generated shipwrecks and it do these so cool. contracts, and you upgrade your ship, in uh, your mech in between missions. You have to actually buy ammunition and manage those resources and things, and more often than not, the ships are kind of too big for you to be all in one go uh because there's alarm systems and since you have limited ammunition you can't really do everything so you got to be careful about how you approach it but you can enter the ship anywhere you want so you can kind of approach the mission from a variety of different ways and that is that was in early access for a while the full version's out today uh, so that may very well be interesting i'm going to try that one out after oh, the show. that looks that so good yeah uh, cool. yep uh and the third twin stick the third third party Serious Sam game is finally out. Serious Sam's bogus detour after years of development is finally here. And it's a That's big... where the one where Serious Sam gets that uh, time traveling uh, phone booth and he goes back and hangs out with Lincoln. I wouldn't be 100% surprised if that one were completely <laughs> accurate. That was a great, yeah. And then the bogus like, detour, baby. Party on, yeah. dudes. Yeah, yeah, that was the end of it. Yeah, it's great. Solo or two to four player online level and perk system. It's like, um, it reminds me a bit of Nuclear Throne, maybe. A bit more arcadey. Big, apparently. It's very serious sound, but it's top-down arena 
nuclear throne-esque kind of wave stuff it looks fun and that's finally out that's one of the few things they actually announced during the devolver conference as it were they uh they showed us don't speak of that (laughs) we do not forever damned other those that laid eyes upon it so yeah those are those look really good Uh, something else that's creeping out finally after god knows how long i'm pretty sure i played this five years ago was dungeon defenders 2 yeah it's finally out of early access. I like the first Dungeon Defenders. I played yeah. Dungeon Defenders 2 at like a PAX in 1983 or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> yeah, it was years ago. <laughs> and now it's out, I guess. Yeah. At the time, it was a Dota style game. It was a behind the shoulder Dota game. I assume they completely abandoned that because they took the game back to the drawing board and supposedly went back to the whole uh, th- third person tower defense thing, which is what people liked about Dungeon Defenders in the first place. So. Third-person role-playing tower defense thing with RPG elements. It's, like I said, it's been in early access forever. I I don't know what state it is in now. I'm curious to know. Let's hope it's finished. That's the state it's in. Yes, indeed. (laughs) So good. All we can hope for these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not too bad. Something I saw that looked kind of interesting. Debugger 316, Hack and Run. Dive into the fascinating world of game programming while you're helping the Debugger 316 to delete all the errors and bugs in the latest game of its developer. Travel Debugger different... 316 says, I just kicked your ass. Yes, indeed. <laughs> hit, them with, hit all the bugs with a steel chair. By God, he's broken in half. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so a slobber knocker. So gold. <laughs> uh, it had to happen. You know, uh, the, uh, it looks pretty neat. Like, uh, it's an action platformer. I love the art style looks really cool i don't know how they're going to tie programming into it beyond the theme i don't know if there's anything in there mechanically but looks nice it's pretty cute and uh robo traps is out today what the it's a vr game remote control it's like a. it seems like a kind of vr lemmings of sorts you have to keep five dim-witted working robots from destroying themselves. It's all sort of done oh in God. VR. And in VR? Yeah. Stress simulator, you mean? Yeah, fuck that. Oh <laughs> I want Lemmings VR so bad now. I saw oh, it grab no. them and go, why do you do the thing? Just squish them on the floor and they go... Pfft. Yeah, just be able to detonate yeah, them yes. with your hands. It's like, I yeah. am a god! That's all Lemmings was good for. Like, I used to make ski resorts in Lemmings to the tribes. I used to pick a loadout so I could make a giant ski resort and just have Lemmings... Ski all over the place, and there's like make a giant death trap for the motherfuckers. It was great. Like you call it a resort. It was a resort. There's <laughs> a little hut and stuff. Drinks that I made just over there. It kept spawning lemmings, like they're all dark. gonna die in a variety so of different dark. ways. <laughs> Come to my resort. Yes. Check in it was great. Check out. <laughs> Astro Boy, Edge of Time. So I believe this is the Astro Boy from manga and anime fame i assume they're definitely in the trailer hyping that up yeah 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 it's a it's an astro boy game what you actually it's it's a a fucking card game (laughs) holy shit an astro boy card game everything can be a card game i'm waiting for the co-optional podcast card game it's it's coming it's coming we can kickstart the fuck out of that hey if any webcomic or Let's Play or anything has demonstrated anything. You could sell any old shitty fucking board game for $500,000. <laughs> All we need to do is and theme uh, it and promote it. 
and our card game will be shitty. It will be fucking terrible. Absolutely phenomenal. I'd buy it. I'd buy it. Just, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't think I'm far enough into the Astro Boy lore to really be interested in Astro Boy <laughs> Edge of Diamond. Astro Boy lore. As much it's as I love my story. Never have those words ever been said together. Oh, Name another Astro Boy character. Astro Girl. I don't know. Is, right. is that a good guess or something? I don't know anything about this. Felt like a safe punt to take. Really. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, something that looked quite good, I mean, we've been on the VR binge for a while Deadly Hunter VR. It's a defense game, of which there are a lot of them, but it looks nice. Like, graphically, it looks really polished, and it's a sort of bow and arrow VR defense game. I like the look of it. Like, I imagine it's only going to be fun for about 20 minutes, but. It's it's not a bad looker. It's free. free demo. Yep. Oh, I thought that woman who was wearing the VR was in the game. I was like, oh, you're like no. Lara Croft. But no, that's just they dressed her up like that. Not quite. Yeah, they did the whole mixed reality thing. Yeah, there's a ton of these defense games, but it's not a bad looking one. I'll give them that. <laughs> so I picked this one solely because it's a flagrant lie. Battle of Painters. Become the best painter in the universe this colorful online game. The description starts with Battle of Painters if you can believe it, is the first online game where you compete with other players in a drawing. <laughs> it's fucking Pictionary! <laughs> this is no, not new! How can, you've is... never been able to compete with someone in drawing ever no, before. The technology just wasn't there yet. I, I'm just, I was blown away by the audacity of it. This is like that... Uh... Oh my god, the video is ridiculous oh. it doesn't even the hand doesn't even attach it doesn't even go to the what you're drawing no, on not even close not even close he's just jacking off the air and making art it's got that two is what i do modes. i'm <laughs> this is the prototype of a notorious Clark. artist <laughs> battle of painters and draw and guess aka charades yes mm. charades <laughs> and pictionary that's what it is battle it's not painters. new stop lying to me you i gotta read the three user reviews for battle of painters for a green light game, this is amazing. There are two <laughs> modes. <laughs> two modes. For green light, and that's the for a green light game. This, oh. this ain't shit. <laughs> that's the there bar are... on the floor. That is. Oh my god! They Take the bar off those poles, put it on the ground. Yeah, they, no, they dug a hole, put the bar in it, and buried it, and still people go under. <laughs> ten out of ten. Incredible. Oh. Wow, this is a shill, huh? Uh, there's a mode where you paint and that's it. You paint, which is amazing. <laughs> I would absolutely recommend this game to anyone who is thinking about buying this game. It is amazing. <laughs> that's all I needed to hear guys. Battle yeah, of painters. Yeah. This paint is why green light died. That game. <laughs> that is, it. I mean, there is, there is a free program called MS paint. You can just open up. And if this is what you want to do, two I'm pretty modes. sure it's even uh, more. Yeah. <laughs> there's two modes of it. Two. Think, guys. Two modes. Not one, but two. <laughs> Uh, Drum Hero PC, uh, not hugely in the rhythm games, but this looks like an all right one. It's what you can, might imagine, play with a controller or a keyboard. Bring the professional drum experience to stuff, you know, combo rhythm games uh, have a niche audience. This one looked okay, I guess. This is a Jesse game coming up right here from the developers of Sengaro, oh. whatever the fuck it is. You mean Valkyrie Drive? Valkyrie Drive Bakuni. It's the all-new action Mama brawler from mia. the creators of Senrin Kagura. Yo. Yep, it's the anime booby beat em up again in some anime way. Boobies and beating them up. Yep, oh. that will probably I call it sell Abu. pretty well. Anime booby beat up Abu. Yep. 
That's, that's, that's my acronym for these types right. of games. Abu. Huge <laughs> fan of Aboobs. Uh, <laughs> yep, so that's the thing. If you wanted that. And the surprising thing about those games is they're pretty well reviewed. As in as games, they're not bad. They're pretty decent, like brawler, warriors style games. It's just they got a lot of anime boobs in oh, them, and that is God. how they yeah, sell it. Clothes explode off, you know. Yeah. Natural pretty much ready for this. Are you guys ready for this? What'd you naive, got? Naive 16-year-old Mamori Takonomi is accustomed to being teased at school for having an unfortunate surname that can also be read as virgin. <laughs> That's the description. Wow. Story that just penetrates yeah. the very soul of the humanity. It's very relatable. Very relatable. <laughs> Kidnapped during gym class, Mamori wakes up only to find herself stranded and under attack on an exotic island of mermaids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys act like this isn't something that has happened. Out of it is a mistake. Is... Yeah, this is wow. truly, truly a classic tale. Tale as old as time. <laughs> that's, that's all wow. this is. Homer's <laughs> the Odyssey right there. Oh, Jesus. All right. Moving on. Uh, card game, The Look Kind of Neat, uh, Rival Books of Asta. 140 hand-illustrated spells, custom decks, all that kind of thing. Each spell is a page in a living storybook that translates itself and reveals its secrets as you play the game. Which seemed like thematically kind of cool. Uh, currently in early access. Good luck amongst the million and one card games that are currently out, many of which are pretty damn good. So, yeah, they're going to be working pretty hard. I like the interface, though. It looked uh, unusual. Didn't look like a normal card game. Almost like a, a sort of strange board, like a circular board that was going on there. So, cool. That was kind of neat. Uh, 3DS gets Runbow Pocket. Uh, Cave Story Plus is also coming to the Switch. So, if you want to be horribly frustrated by a video game cave story is there for you for that if you want to throw your switch lose all your files because there's no way to back up your files on a switch cave story ladies and gentlemen uh god wars future past a vita game is coming yes i'm the playstation yep. 4 that's a actually it looks kind of cool too it does uh, it looks like it's in my wheelhouse so i'll have to have a look at it it's a srpg tactics final fantasy ogre battle disgaea kind of thing oh God Wars, I thought you said God of War. How did they get that onto the PlayStation? Oh, they went, we'll do a Vita version. And so we went, all it's right. It's a God of War CCG, <laughs> is what it is. I'd actually play that. I would genuinely play that, without a doubt. Make it. Just fucking make it. Yeah, it, it looks it looks cool. I may try this. Uh, I've been meaning to get my teeth into another SRPG lately. This looks like it might be a good one. Hey, have you seen, uh, not to derail, but have you seen uh, Battle Chasers Night War? Oh, Jesse is full on on that one. Dude. Uh, I, I didn't know anything about Battle Chasers, but I was looking at it. I, I was like, this am looks a fucking giant great. Look, J. Scott Campbell, Roberto Ramos, yeah. and Joe Mad were my dudes back in the day when I was into comic books. And yeah. I loved Battle Chasers. And the fact that this many years later, a Kickstarter project that turned out to be fucking dope, I played it at E3. So did I, it's, yeah. I love that damn thing. It I loved it awesome. to death. Graphically, yeah. it looks cool. It plays like an old school RPG. Uh, the maps that you do when you do the mission maps are like Diablo style randomized. Yeah, yeah it looks awesome. I, I, I was very impressed with what I saw at E3 as well. Yeah, I, I knew nothing about this before looking at it. I was attracted by the cool logo and I looked at the gameplay. It's like, yeah, this looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I 
Well, it's I awesome. definitely want to play it. It translates perfectly because the concept of the comic was like, let's make a comic about a JRPG, but yeah. like Americanize it. And it's perfect. It translates perfectly back into a game. So nice. I'm ready. Cool. Uh, official releases of Stormblood also on PC today for those that didn't get into the early access. Apparently the launch of this was as problematic as an MMO launch tends to be. Yep. It was a clusterfuck from what I saw on the various sponsored streams. So maybe maybe give it a couple of weeks to even out. Oh, Battle Chase has a fucking mimic in it. Okay, sorry. I want it. I want it now. <laughs> All right, moving on to June the 21st releases. We have Chimpology. I don't know what this game is. I've been trying to figure it out yes. the last, like, five minutes. I yeah, can't figure this out. That's why I included it, because I'm like, you, what is this thing? Do you just push zeros and ones when zeros and ones turn up? Possibly. I don't know. It looks like you just push zeros and ones. Maybe. It's the yeah. year 1999. Yeah. The internet is really slow. Some people might try to tell you that's because of the modem line not being able to handle more speed, but don't trust them. It was all the chimpanzees typing the pictures out bit by bit. Yeah, you have... I think you literally have to type out pictures to create them. Yeah. This looks this looks the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It absolutely does. It looks fucking ridiculous. The only reason I kept it in was the live action trailer, which is mostly somebody staring at a family photo of chimpanzees and a bin full of banana skins. You literally do just type ones and zeros. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Dan's offended reason. because this is exactly like his game. And then it gives you bananas. That's not my one. game. Yeah, you type more than ones and zeros in yours. How do you, you have know? a whole keyboard and you have to put it the time. Yeah, Next one. Systems nominal available on, I don't fucking know anymore, places. This looks nice surprisingly job. cool. This reminded me of like a old school console first person shooter split screen thing. It's called 321 Grenades, which is a <laughs> snowball fight with high explosives and destructible environments. This actually looked pretty neat. The four player split screen, it's like, that reminded me of, remember that old South Park FPS on the N64 that was surprisingly entertaining? Remind me of that. Yeah. Also, I'm it sorry, has throwable like pugs. It looks like what? You don't like garbage. it? Garbage. It looks yeah. like garbage. Ah. I'm sorry, but it okay. does. All right. Well, it's I'm, like it wants to be I'm Splatoon, kind of. There is a Splatoon-like mode. Yeah, not all of them are like that. Uh, there's like a full-on PvP, but there is a Splatoon mode where you sort of throw paint grenades and stuff. I think it looks too bad. Maybe I'm mistaken. Oh, You're well. both wrong because the I next like game's it. clearly right. much better. Okay, and I'm more well, you're allowed to like Battlefield 1's story mode, and I'm allowed to like <laughs> 3 2 1 grenades. Thank you very much. This looks more emotionally engaging than Battlefield 1, anyway. All right, moving on. Can we talk about chess? Fucking chess. Chess Ultra. I, I kind of wish it was just called fucking chess. Like, I'd buy a this, game called fucking chess. This is the most, like, detailed. Like, their yeah. fucking eyes are on fire. You're it's playing a chess. Nice looking chess game. You want a chess in 4K? There's your yeah. Xbox One X game right there. That's why you buy it. Stunning 4K chess. The power of chess. Oh. oh my god, it's got VR. You can play death in this game. Yeah, you, you can, can play, play against, against death. death. Yeah. It has a very stylish trailer with a really nice font choice. I'll give it that. That's what I'm saying. Everything about this, I'm like, ooh, this is a flashy ass game for it's a very chess. chess game. You know what? If you did. If you didn't want the best chess, maybe you wouldn't go with chess ultra, would you? You would no. go with chess okay or You'd chess go with fine. Real, well, I mean, chess there is okay a game. though is an underrated but good game. <laughs> it's, there it's, is a game called okay. Really Bad yeah. Chess, which is yeah. exactly what it's it sounds like, and it's the best thing on mobile. Get Really Bad Chess. It's fucking brilliant. Chess okay. 
Yeah, it is a nice looking dress code. Uh, moving on to some anime bullshit, probably. Sakuretsu is its name. Mm-hmm. And Sakuretsu is its game. <laughs> yeah, it's an open world topic. It looks like Game Boy game. I was uh, sort of like, hey, this is kind of a neat aesthetic. It's, it looks like the original Game Boy. Has a unique single-use item-based combat system built around collecting rare items. So, yeah, apparently all of your items are one use, which is interesting. So you get a wide variety of items, and I assume some of them just don't work properly. You just throw it at the boss and see what happens, which almost gives it a bit of an Undertale vibe in a way. Like, maybe that there's some weird, cool interactions. Like, you throw something at the boss as like, I'm happy now, and I'm just going to leave. So... Mm. Uh, the commitment to the Game Boy aesthetic, I think, was quite impressive. So, probably won't be any fun, but looks alright. <laughs> Next game was The Labyrinth, a text-based dungeon crawler with a heavy emphasis on combat and looting. It looks like a very old roguelike. It looks pretty horrendous, actually. Like Rogue? <laughs> like Rogue, very much like Rogue, yes. Only without the wonderful 80s ASCII charm of Rogue. Yes, why this needs to be an early access, I will never imagine. Also, why all the screenshots have at least 60% of it just as a static background and a tiny box, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, The next game looked interesting. It's called Get Even. I'm in. I don't know what the hell this is, but I'll check it out. It looks game, weird enough. This game got delayed, right? Got delayed yeah. because of uh, terrorist attacks. Yes. Uh, it was supposed to come out last month. They decided to delay the release because it maybe hit a little bit too close to home. They didn't want the bad PR being associated with a recent terrorist attack. You know, there's kidnapping and bombs and terrorist themes in this thing. So they delayed it. Uh, it's coming out in two days. Joke's on them, though, because there's a terrorist attack every couple of weeks, so you can't delay it too long, because yeah. guess what? There's going to be another terrorist attack. Ha-ha. In- yes, indeed. I- you just got on a list, you did, Jesus. <laughs> I Quote, I- there's I mean, going to be it's- another terrorist attack. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's a-, it's a silly attitude to begin with, generally, just because ultimately you can't allow that kind of thing to interrupt everyday life, and frankly saying hey it's, it's a piece of fiction somehow this is tied into real life is ludicrous uh the game does look interesting though i'll give it that uh, there seems like the first person shooter elements a bit of walking simulator a bit of horror in there i'm intrigued i'd like to know what's going on with it looks like a jesse game actually i think, I think yeah it looks it. weird enough to be a gamer i'd be like all right let's give it a shot let's see how far down the rabbit hole we go yeah all right moving on super sports surgery on june the 22nd i'm not gonna lie it kind of looks uh like it might actually be fun (laughs) a sausage in his left hand and ketchup on the right a simulator of the most difficult profession in the world precision surgery crazy operations unbelievable graphics a level so intense you can't even feel the smell so it's a kind of 2d cartoony surgeon simulator thing using condiments by the looks of it nice odd yeah. It looks like someone was like, hey, you know, adult swim, let's try really hard to be them. Yeah, I'm getting that vibe from it, definitely. She's not quite getting that close. Not really. The next game, Blockara, head to head action puzzle game. You play the best alchemists in the world, competing in the World Alchemy Tournament. Uh, this look kind of neat. I don't oh, know. It looks spot. like Medios. 
Yes, it, it does. Oh, I miss Very me. Much, it was... Like, Meteos was fucking rad. That was an incredible game. Yeah, did, did it reminded me of that. And head-to-head -head puzzle action games I do quite like. So it's got a lot of different modes, a lot of different characters, story mode, local multiplayer, colorblind mode. Could also have put that in. So that looks pretty neat. Next one, Avatar of the Wolf. Is oh, a, it's a two-shot adventure. It's another game book, yeah. I think it's by the same company. They bring out a lot of these. Uh, most of them are quite good. I think they farm out the writing to a bunch of different actual authors and then implement them as a choose-your-own-adventure. Always have a soft spot for choose-your-own-adventure games just because that's that was my childhood. That was what we read in the library. So it's always good. Okay, Jesse, are you ready? I Have you prepared? Oh, I'm already there. I'm already in this. I am just... This is beautiful. Uh, Are you ready for game. the maids? Go on, go on, Jesse. It's all yours. The maid sans caving adventure. Uh, oh, a maid wandered into a cave where the Benars live. Can she escape the cave safely by using her specialty trembling to get away from them? And then if you scroll down to about this game, it says, <laughs> if you cannot start the game because of a display, like cannot start program because there is no God D3, D right? The DLL, please install direct X and user runtimes. For details, please read me.txt. That gives a great folder. first impression, doesn't it? That you is know, straight up the description of the game. About you know this why game. It has that problem because this game came out in 2011 on the Xbox 360. Yeah. And was it one of the xbox indies which was that whole massive rubbish heap where occasionally you'd find something okay i mean it, it definitely mu looks it, it, it must have been 2011 this is a six-year-old game that's just coming to pc somebody's no. like well i guess we can put it on pc but yeah, you know definitely... what we'll do a readme.txt to make sure it can work god damn it this is definitely a Newgrounds porn game that was ported and they just took out the porn. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. Oh, no. Uh, moving swiftly on to June the 23rd. Uh, this looks kind of neat uh, for VR. Unearthing Mars. Mm. Ooh. Watch yes, the trailer please. and it looks stunning. So puzzle, there's puzzle solving, first person shooting. You can drive around in a Mars rover. Variety of challenges. <laughs> I, I'm in. I'll, yeah, I want to try this out. Yeah. Want this one. Mm. Want to unearth some Mars? Absolutely. That looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. Looks stunningly detailed. So, yep. All in on that one. Definitely. Even if it's just kind of an experience. I'm in for that. I'm in for two hours of exploring Mars. That looks <laughs> awesome. Moving on to zombie quarantine. Uh, this just looks like absolute shit. I don't even know why I left it on the list. <laughs> Moving on to please. Please, Please stop. It, it looks like Please. yet a fucking another Unity, everything is dark, you can't see anything, walk around, jump scare simulator. Do we need Please. any more of these fucking things? No. Nope. No, we do not. No, Please. stop it. Just Please stop. stop is what we should yes. be <laughs> Please never do this again. <laughs> Neat little uh, free twin stick coming out on the 24th called Chroma Blast. Uh... Very, very basic, obviously, but there was a niche market for these very simple to the point score attack twin sticks, and it's free. So, thought I'd highlight that one if you want to grab it. Another VR game, Earthquake Simulator. I'm in. Earthquake Simulator VR. 
because puking on your own is not fun. No, nope. I guess absolutely just puke, not. Just start puking. Enjoy the inducement simulator. The release date says third of April, twenty seventeen. And then uh, the bomb says available 24th of June. Yeah, that's weird. I got June the 24th right now on Steam. Uh, I, this, oh my God. You, uh, skip forward on the uh, trailer to about 30 seconds. Look at the animation on that dog. Look at that dog. <laughs> Look at that fucking dog. Hello, I am dog. That's... <laughs> That's what that's what all dogs are gonna look like when an earthquake strikes. Oh yeah. my god! That's it. Turn into weird robots. You yeah. can learn important survival techniques. Apparently, how to construct an emergency preparedness kit. Well, that's not that useful outside of an earthquake zone. So. House fire safety immersion. House fire safety immersion is not a feature of anything. <laughs> oh no! That trailer, that house is burning the fuck down. What is it? Jeez, that thing goes up. The mixed reality is to hide under the table with this dog that doesn't give a shit about what's going on right now. <laughs> it does like, not yeah, care. If you're, if you're like, oh, there's an earthquake coming, maybe put the fire out. I think that's what we learned today. There you go. I've saved you a couple of quid. Pretty much, yep. Tell Theresa May. Too soon. <laughs> and Ever Oasis on 3DS is coming out on June 23rd. Last but by every means least, Jesse. I don't know, oh, like, Triple X Tycoon? Triple X Tycoon. You played this, right? Yes, I, mean, I did not play this one. I played another one that was... Uh, is it Porno, porn, Studio, porno Tycoon. Studio Tycoon? There's no boobs! There's not a breast to be Here's saying. the thing. Having played that game, I know fully well that Triple X Tycoon will feature not a tit among them because it literally is the least erotic math game I've ever played, and it's called <laughs> Porn Tycoon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it looks like Triple X Tycoon is up in the tit ratio. From I, nothing. Wow. I, from, I, I, from nothing to a black bar. Yeah, I'd like from to, nothing to a black bar. I'd like to imagine that the people who make this are like legitimately trying to add a sense of maturity to the whole industry and are like, no, right, no, right. this is about how difficult it really is to create a sustainable industry and something that is, it's really got a glut of different companies. And, you know, it's not, a, it's not about titillizing you. It's about creating a yeah, sense of yeah, really how yeah, hard yeah, the market yeah. diving into the specifics yeah, yeah. of the business model yeah, about bit lies in you it's about <laughs> work hard hard rock hard work yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say titillating I'm going to say titillating and I said titillizing titillizing was right yes titillizing is a rendering technique that one titillizing that's what you have to look forward to so enjoy yourselves what a great week yeah, yeah. You're, pro you're probably better Good off luck. just grabbing the first episode of Hitman for free because you can do that now. And uh, there's a big discount on the full series. It's a good game. And maybe don't buy any games for the next two days because Steam sale's on its way. Though, mm -hmm. if you do, you can get a refund. You actually yes. can. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to refund stuff that you bought just before sale and get the money back. There's a tip. So if you do screw up and don't listen to me, you can do that. That's on they wouldn't listen to you. How would they listen to you the second time? Yeah. I assume they never listen to me anyway. Oh, damn. I'm just giving up. Damn. Ruthless, toothless. Take two stole my enthusiasm <laughs> for gaming. Yeah. I could get it back That's good. if I buy three <laughs> shark cards. <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't get that back. No, never gonna happen. No. 
that pretty much wraps us up, folks. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast. But before we go, we'd love to tell you about what's coming up this week, where you can find it. Jeff, thank you very yes, much for being such a fantastic guest this week. We'd love oh. to know where to find your content, of which you have a lot. So tell us all. I do indeed have a lot. Uh, I have a weekly video game show, long-form video game show called DLC. You can find that at 5by5.tv slash DLC, 5by5.tv slash DLC. I also have a daily video game show, very quick. Uh, it's easy to listen to. It, it'll get you up to date every single day. It's called Newest, Latest, Best. And in fact, this week, I'm giving away a Nintendo Switch on that show. So nice. if you, you probably want to check that out. I'm uh, doing trivia questions all week long, and we're giving away a Nintendo Switch at the end of the week. So go to uh, anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash N-L-B for newest, latest, best. And you can find my show there. And I also have other shows. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Kanata is where you find me there. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Much appreciated there. We've done the podcast trade. I've been on yours. You've been on mine. Yeah. There we go. Fantastic. Thank you very much. I would much. love to have the, the other uh, the rest of you guys on my show as well. You're always welcome. It's a, it's a damn good the show. The pact is made. If you want to experience a more <laughs> professional, properly organized show instead of this, whatever the fuck this is, then yeah, by all means. <laughs> Got it. It's a great show. Go check it out, Thanks. folks. Go subscribe to all of those RSS feeds. Go check it out on iTunes and all that good stuff. And I believe it is also streamed on Twitch, if I recall correctly. Correct. Yep. yep. DLC available right there. Dan, what you got coming up this week? What's been going on? Something. I don't really care about this planning. Uh, including the amazing and incredible Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness. Oh, no. Fucking atrocious. Why would and you, you do never this played to it, us? I'd never played it until today. I literally played that video today and it nearly brings me to tears. Put it back it's in the ground where it belongs, never to be seen again. <laughs> also, also, I've started streaming over at TreeShowTV slash NerdCubed. I stream now. I'm streaming. You can cut. We have very low, very low key stream. Low key. Just stream. Again, I stream whatever the hell I want and whatever time I want, but they're low key. So you just keep an eye on Twitter and then just low key. Keep it calm. Indeed. Jesse, you ain't got much going on because you're about to get on a plane, if I recall correctly. What have you? you I am. I'm going off to our our dear friend Duger's yep. wedding. Uh, dear co-host who could not be here today because wedding very soon. So, God, best so wishes to her. Just selfish. Uh, yeah, but this week because it's already done and I've been saving it for this week. Uh, you can tune into my channel to see Sips and I play Sniper Elite Four, and we just are shooting guys in the dick, and it's great. So. <laughs> It's all you if want you want to see game really, isn't it? testicles explode, it's that is, it's as painful as it sounds, <laughs> but it's X-ray vision, so it looks fucking awesome. <laughs> so there you go. That's me. I the biggest thing I've got coming up on the twenty fourth. Shoutcraft Kings returns after a three months hiatus. Come check out the absolute best Starcraft action. Starcraft players. We are doing a partnership with GSL, the best Starcraft league in the world. We're going to have a day of phenomenal Starcraft. The GSL finals directly followed by Shoutcraft Kings. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have many of the players from this season's GSL. I can tell you right now, we're going to have the DreamHack Yon Shopping Champion Neeb. He will be playing. Live will be defending his championship in our awesome King of the Hill format. If you've never watched StarCraft before, don't worry. We'll make it very, very easy to understand. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be kicking off at 8 a.m. Eastern, nice and early in the morning. That is 1 p.m. in the British Isles, 2 p.m. Central European summertime. If you do miss any of it, VOD is available immediately for subs on Twitch and a couple of days later on my StarCraft channel. That's YouTube.com slash Total Biscuit. 
And we'll see if we get a little bit more content out. I do want to check out Cryptarch, and I definitely want to check out the new Serious Sam game. So I'll see what I can do over the next couple of days on that, if I can tear myself away from Darkest Dungeon, which is not guaranteed. All right. We're about done. Thank you very much for watching the Corruptional Podcast. Big thanks to our special guest today, Jeff Kanata, and of course our stand-in guest, Danga. Thank you, Danga. 80s space overlord Danga. <laughs> As always, standing in on such short notice. Very much appreciated. We are done. Thanks very much to everybody that subscribed today. We appreciate your continued support. We will see you next week. That is 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. in the British Isles, 9 p.m. Central European Summertime, twitch.tv slash Total Biscuit, the Corruptional Podcast. We're done. Thank you very much. Goodbye.